everybody, and welcome to another episode of HP Critical, a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm your host, Jarrell, and I am joined by Kelly. Eddie. Brandon. What's up, people? Gabe. Hello there. And our special guest for this evening, Brendan Groom from Passive Controller. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. I'm... I know we had talked a while ago about doing something, and I'm happy that that day has finally come. I'm very it excited. It was, I think, in, like, March of last year, or, mm-hmm. like, May of last year. It's been almost a year, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I didn't realize how long this has been in the works. Damn. And, but, but it's because, so, I have to have him on one of our um, podcasts where we go, like, deep dive into a franchise where people explain to me what the fuck things are, right? So, like, we were right. just done the Kingdom Hearts one, and I was like, I need this guy on. But then I was like, I also want him to come on and talk gaming news with us, because I am a fan of Pass the Controller, actually, so I was like, it'd be really cool to have him on, like, a, a regular episode. And so, finally, I was like, I, I'm having all these people, I have, like, an empty spot, like, Brendan, are you available? And he was like... Absolutely. Let me check my calendar, and he was like, yes, and I was like, great. And now he's here, so thank you for coming. Yeah, I'm so happy it worked out. Um, yeah, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, Pass Controller and everything you do over there. Yeah, so uh, basically Pass the Controller, our main thing, we're a weekly podcast where we talk about everything under the video game and nerd culture sun. Um, it's me and a couple of friends that I grew up with who are all pretty intertwined in to the culture. So we, we kind of just talk about everything. Usually everyone makes fun of me a lot because that's just who I am, the person that gets made fun of. Um, but on our website, I also do like editorials and reviews and stuff. Uh, I play a lot of indie games, so I try to highlight and champion that type of stuff when I can. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the main stuff. And he has an awesome, I don't know if it's still for sale, but you have the play more indie shirts. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we do have a merch store, so you can, you know, if you want to wear a shirt or a mug with our logo on it or our Play More Indies shirt, you can definitely grab one of those if that's your your thing. I love it. I love it. Literally, every time I'm on Twitter, it, like, you post a picture and it's like Play More Indies, and I'm like, I have to buy one of the shirts because I am also an Indies fan. So it's really great to see. I, I got to have you actually come back when we have a, um, a conversation about a uh, Nintendo uh, Indie showcase at some point. I'd love to. Um, and then you and Brandon can geek out over everything that I don't understand. Um, because, uh, you know... <laughs> That's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> uh, so w- before I go into new stuff, the first thing I want to ask you guys is a nice little introductory question, which is, when is the last time that you bought and played a game entirely through to its completion? One. Two, is it was it a new game without reading, watching, or uh, reviewing anything about it? So... One, the first question is, when's the last time you played a game all the way through? Second question is, same as the first question, when's the first time you ever played a game all the way through without learning anything about it beforehand? Oh, I can go first, because this one's easy, because I literally finished streaming Bowser's Fury last night, so that would be the last one. Um, Yeah, I had bought 3D World. Uh, You, Dro, Gabe, and Chrissy, all four of us, we did the 3D World together all the way to Champions Road. And then I just finished streaming Bowser's Fury, and um, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, that would be the last one. I bought that in uh, February when it came out and just finished it all the way through. 100% both games. Did you know anything about it beforehand? Oh, I knew everything about that game beforehand. So if we're talking about a game that I had, that I uh, knew did. nothing about before I bought it, yes. that literally goes all the way back to 2016. Okay, but I haven't finished that one. That game oh, was Digimon Stories. I didn't finish it. No, I, I don't have a category for a game that I knew nothing about and finished all the way through, unfortunately. Dang. Does anybody have one? 
Of what? Wait, I have, yeah. I, have, I have one of either question, but I don't have one of both questions combined. Does anyone have a game of both questions, like, that you've that you finish from start to finish without knowing anything about. Okay, yeah, hold on. Well, when you say oh. when you say without knowing anything about, do you mean like not knowing the franchise or just not knowing exactly what the game like has? Uh, I would say not knowing what the game has, like not watching any reviews for the game, not reading anything about oh, the game. Oh, fuck yeah, I have some for those. Kelly okay. is going to go, so I'll let Kelly go. That was what I did with the medium, which I wrote an I wrote a review about. Yeah, so I knew that it was about like a haunted hotel. Because, uh, I, I mean, why would I have paid money for it? Which I didn't. <laughs> Anyways, it was on Game Pass. I mean, you have to know, like, something about a game to buy it and play through it. Um, well, I mean, I, I didn't even... I guess I didn't buy it, technically, because it was on Game Pass. But I did pay for Game Pass. But, yeah. I didn't read any reviews or anything about it. I knew what it was kind of about, Haunted Hotel. And I played it to completion. Easy peasy. My answer was uh, Kingdom Hearts, the first one. I actually knew nothing about it. I saw it at like Target on sale. How long ago was that? A long ass time ago. Mm. <laughs> I saw it on Target on sale when I was a wee lad, and I was like, <laughs> uh, I told my sister, I was like, ah, buy this for me, and she was like, oh my god, you're so annoying, and she ended up buying it for me, and it was I had absolutely <laughs> no idea what it was. I just played Final Fantasy X, but I knew nothing about Kingdom Hearts, and I played it to completion, and that's how long ago, because since then, I always am very cautious about what I buy. I want to look into it, um, because, you know, yeah. things cost money, and uh, they mm-hmm. get more and more expensive, so it's really hard now to just pick up something out of nowhere and play it and see what happens, so that's why I'm interested to see if anyone has like something um, more current, but, you know, Kelly, with Game Pass is, I think, a great example now that we have things like Game Pass, it's much easier to just pick up games that we don't know much about and play them yeah. for the first time to finish them. Um, sorry, Gabe, you were saying? Yeah, Age of Calamity. All I needed was the the trailer from oh Nintendo, and that's it. I, saw... I kid you not, I didn't look at a single review until I was done with the game. You just saw... And like, I was actually very Lincoln. surprised. I was... I mean, it's okay if you're if you come up and you tell me like, "Hey, Breath of the Wild Two has been delayed, not been delayed, but it, um, a, a trailer for it has been pushed back because it's not you know we're not ready to show it yet." But then you all of a sudden just throw out of nowhere, uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a warrior style Age of Calamity game at me. Like, of course I'm gonna go out and buy it. Um, but yeah, that's the most recent game. Yeah, because most of the other games I bought, I, I look at reviews now because I'm scared of paying, you know, 50 plus bucks for a new game and being upset at it. I think a lot, I, I thought that, you know, well, actually, no, I didn't think because I don't think you guys played it. I was assuming someone would say Animal Crossing because I think a lot of people just got into Oh, no, Animal I looked at way too much into that. Not you. <laughs> yeah, not me. you. <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of people might have just gotten I, I, friends personally that I know got into Animal Crossing for the first time just because of like word of mouth not knowing anything about the franchise and just like playing it although I don't think you could play it too compl- actually yes you can There's a- and you, yeah, yeah, you hit the credit scene you hit credit scenes me, but fair, but yeah. yeah but for me Age of Calamity came after Animal Crossing so mm. so if Animal Crossing would have been another answer I didn't know shit about it I mean, Except that Tom must... looks a fucking. Okay. <laughs> he's a, okay. He's a... okay. He's a robber. 
disguised as a businessman. He's really man. not. Um, I think he's a very... Re- I'm, I'm not going to defend him right now because we have a lot to talk about, but I'm sure that Brendan feels the same way I do, that Tom Nook is... Uh, he's seen as the bad guy, and he's really not. He's actually a pretty decent lender. I think, and I mean, yeah, I, a, I agree with that. He's wearing a, a Animal Crossing top, which he, you know, best dressed. Um, so I can like, yeah. <laughs> I can't, just kidding. <laughs> Kelly's beautiful. Honestly, <laughs> I, like honestly, we're all wearing cool stuff, so I can't even, I can't even say that. But he's the guest, so I gotta make him feel good. I, I chose right. I almost wore a Pikachu shirt today, so I'm glad I didn't. Because... I just threw this on actually, <laughs> so I wasn't wearing anything cool, so. But yeah, do you have a do you have a video game that you didn't know about that you played to completion? It's tough. I'm, I probably definitely do from when I was younger, but like in the last long time that I can think of, probably not. Like like Kelly said, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I play on Game Pass that yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'll check this out because it's here. Um, I don't finish everything, but I definitely play a lot of stuff on there just to kind of check it out. Um, I guess the most recent thing that I didn't pay for, but mm-hmm. I got and played through completion uh, was Emily is Away 3, which I don't know if anyone is familiar with either of those previous games or the new game. I'm not familiar with 3, but um, I had heard of the game before. Never Yes. So this is the third game. It just came out. Um, I got a copy to review, and I played through it. I'm in the middle of finishing that stuff up, but it... Like, I, I know what the basic premise of the game is, because I've played the first two games, but I like outside of that, I didn't hear anyone else's thoughts or or do anything like that yet just because I was working through it myself. So I guess that kind of fits the mold. So uh, I'm going to go a little bit off topic here, but since you brought up the fact of reviews and you're um, doing the review for, for uh, past controller, uh, yeah, there's been a little bit of discourse on Twitter about some comments made about people doing uh, reviews, not without finishing video games. How do you personally feel about that? Brendan? Uh, well, first discourse on Twitter I never would have thought. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I I think I can understand why some people would want the person reviewing the game to finish the game. But at the same time, I think no matter how much of the game you play, as long as you speak about that in the like in the review, I don't see what the problem is. Like if if you didn't finish the game, there's a reason for it. And if you it kind of walk through that and explain that, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. If you want to find someone's opinion that they've played through the whole game, then go, you, you can find that I'm sure somewhere. So like I, there's so many people out there reviewing everything. I don't see really why it's even a hot topic. If, I mean, I guess if it was a scenario where someone reviewed something and didn't reveal that they maybe didn't finish the game or something, and that was relevant to their review, maybe that's a little bit like, all right, I don't, maybe I don't trust that person's opinion anymore. But, I mean, I don't know. I personally don't have a big problem with it, as long as the review is constructed in that way. As long as they mention in their review that they didn't finish the entire game, then it's... I mean, I don't know. Like, I I also, like, it doesn't really matter, I don't think. I mean, if, if you like someone's opinion, or if you, like, I don't know. When I go to read someone's review, I either read, like, my friend's reviews that they post, you know, whoever for wherever is posting something... Or I usually try to like stick around the same people where I think I know that person's interest in games. So that way I can kind of use their their background of what they have reviewed and what they like to play, what they don't like to play to see like, all right, I can kind of match that up against what this person likes and doesn't like and fit that into the review. Um, 
I don't know. I, I don't think it's a big deal. Either way. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I will not touch that topic at all. Uh, <laughs> I think you, you handled it very well. I don't necessarily agree with you, but I also don't. That's fine. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Only because I will touch on it a little bit. Only because I think there are um, situations in which if you don't, you know, let people know that you haven't finished the game, mm-hmm. um, there are certain, like, okay, so I've been working on this piece um, on Yakuza about, uh, I love Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, like love the game um but i've been working on something about how that game treats its black people right mm-hmm. uh, or its representation of black characters and i don't want to write that article without finishing the game because like what if i write that and then someone comes back and they're just like hey this asshole didn't even finish the game because there's a situation later on where they rectify this or they they mention mm-hmm. this or you know something like that and that's why i personally think um that you should either let people know that you didn't finish it or finish yeah. the entire game before you make a, you know, a definitive decision on what you're talking about yeah. because I, that could happen. I agree with that. I mean, I guess, I guess it kind of is, it gets murky because if the person isn't gonna mention that they didn't finish it, then, um, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I feel like, if you didn't finish the game because you it was too hard, I feel like that is something you can talk about in your review, and that's like a valid viewpoint to have. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like, I'm going to play 10 hours of this 50-hour game and write a review about it, but not really mention that I did that, that's a little bit like, okay, well, did you really see the whole game? Is there did, Can you have a, a, a full opinion on it? If you want to have like a initial impressions piece or something like that, that's a little bit different. I agree. I completely agree. I think um, you shouldn't do. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say that. Never mind. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so first topic for the night. Uh, uh, da, 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 Jason Schreier at Bloomberg.com has an article titled "Cyberpunk Managers Still Win Big Bonuses After Shoddy Game Launch." What a title! My God. Um, so I'm gonna quote a little bit of this, and he talks about pay disparities between uh, executives and the employees. Um, it says pay disparities between executives and their employees is a perennial issue throughout the business world, made more urgent by the coronavirus pandemic which uh, during which millions of people lost their jobs. The typical CEO among the thousand biggest publicly traded companies in the U.S. receives 144 times more than their median employee, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. The gaming industry has been a common battleground on this topic. For example, we just talked about this. Um, Activision Blizzard Inc. shareholders have been agitating for reductions in the CEO's pay since at at least early last year. Uh, And this week, the company apparently bent to those pressures when it said that CEO Bobby Kotick would take a 50% pay cut as part of a contract extension. This all comes about because Cyberpunk 2077, which, you know, we all know at this point the discourse around the release of that game, uh, the staff for that game was promised uh, set bonuses based on the performance of the game. And as we also already know, uh, the game uh, broke even day one and has exceeded sales. So it's not like they're hurting for cash currently. Uh, so this article goes on to say the rest of the staff will also get bonuses, but some of them expected bigger ones and may have gotten more if the game's release had been delayed until it was ready, as they'd asked. If developers had more time to work out the kinks and bugs, then CD Projekt... Uh, would likely have sold more games, leading to higher profit. Instead, management pushed the game out anyway. So, 
my question for you guys is, knowing the situation with uh, Cyberpunk, knowing everything that's happened, knowing that there were promised, you know, raises and they had to do all this um, uh, overtime and uh, working uh, outside of normal hours and the game is sold, do you guys think it's fair uh, to assume, first of all, do you think it's fair for uh, employees to assume that had they shipped a proper game, there would be more money, number one. Number two, do you think it's... um, okay for the higher-ups to get paid much more than the developers that worked on the game in this situation, knowing that those developers asked them to hold the game off. Or, or a, at least just your general thoughts on the story. Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't really... I mean, I can't believe we're still talking about this game, for one. But for two... Um, I'm not necessarily surprised that they're giving, like, huge bonuses. I mean, they usually act like, you know, the CEO holds the whole entire company on his back, so he deserves to get paid. Like, you know, he is literally, you know, doing every job uh, in the place, because he makes about that much money, I think, uh, at everyone else's salaries together. Um, So I think that the bonuses that they're getting are giant it's cool that at least the developers are getting bonuses. I'm not actually exactly sure how their pay is normally structured, but if they were promised set percentages and they didn't get that, I mean, obviously I think that they deserve to get that, but at the same time, the CEOs have the bonuses written into their contracts. So if you didn't have a bonus written into your contract and they gave it to you, that's just extra. Like, you know, I mean, a lot of bonuses at companies, like, it's depending on how the company does, which obviously is how the CEOs and other executives get their bonuses as well. Um, it sucks that it's not more. I, I, we had talked about this. We kind of thought I, this might happen. Yeah, because we said like, they yeah, probably aren't going to um, do what they promised. But they did. They gave bonuses, they right? Mm-hmm. But they probably could have been more. But then now the game is, like, out. Like... They would have had to keep working on it. I mean, I guess you still technically have to keep working on it yeah, for updates way, and stuff. Actually, but you don't have to work on it as much. <laughs> like, yeah. So, it. like, they were still developing, so they'd still be spending their time working on it. So I think you just got the bonus a little bit early. It might have been a little bit less. Um, so I will say I that this article does also say that some employees told Bloomberg that they will receive profit-sharing bonuses of about $5,000 to $9,000, while other more senior employees said they will get closer to fifteen dollars to $20,000. Um, managers and directors will likely receive much higher bonuses. Um, the spokesperson for the company said that they had allocated a total of $29.8 million to 865 employees for an average about $3,400, um, I'm sorry, $34,000 each, which, like... If there's an average of about 34000 each, and I'm getting 5000 and I worked on this game as long as everyone else, I'll be a little pissed off. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I can like see that for sure. Yeah. Um, so that that's just to, to give you a little more insight into uh, the situation. Did anybody else want to touch on this one before I move on? Yeah. I just hope that Cyberpunk is, is out of the news after this going forward. Like, it's it's been enough at this point. Right. Yes. Yeah. They've just... been epically pwned. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's so crazy that this game is still i think it's still not available uh to buy on the playstation network and they still don't have a next gen version so it's Mm -hmm. like y'all are still working after what how many like eight years of delays or some shit and like or no like seven months of delays i don't know it it was delayed so long and they're still working on it and it's still not ready like 
Y'all were not ready for another couple of years at this point. Like, how did this, how did this happen? I don't know. But um, as we all know, HP Critical is all about diversity. So I want to talk about this article. Okay. Titled, Sorry, Your Cis White Woman Protagonist Isn't Progressive by Ash Parrish over at Kotaku.com. So the, the, the... So the image for this article has Lady D from Resident Evil 7. I don't know the name of the character from Eternal. Does anybody know her name? It's Celine, but I don't remember her last name. Thank you. And um, I don't know the... Is it Commander Shepard? Is that the, the character mm-hmm. from Mass Effect? I've also Correct. never played Mass Effect. I'm sorry, guys. I will be playing it for the first time when the Legendary Edition comes out, and I'm super excited Same. for it. Um, but I've actually never played the, the title before. So that's the title of this article by Ash Parrish over on Kotaku. I'm going to read a little bit about it, um, and then I'm just going to ask you guys' opinions. Um, do you feel like, you know, white woman protagonist isn't as progressive as what the progression is, um, or what we're trying to push as progression in video games now? So it's as the future is bright for the current and upcoming crop of AAA releases, reviews of, Retur- of Returnal are positive. Um, Lady D, uh, wants, she wants Lady D to chase me around in Resident Evil Village. Um, Rift Apart looks so sharp on the PS5 that it might become my first Ratchet and Clank experience. And you already know I'm going to be playing the shit out of Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Other people are excited for these games because in their eyes, these games speak to a welcome shift in video game culture as every one of these titles either stars or prominently features women. Which... That's amazing. Let me stop right there um, and just point out that, that, you know, she just mentioned like four or five AAA titles coming out uh, in a very short time span that all prominently feature female characters. Maybe not as the uh, main character, but they're definitely prominently featured in each game. Mm-hmm. So then she goes on to say, but when I look at these games, my excitement dims into frustration and like the tiniest drop of ink in a crystal clear glass of water begins to take over. Um, the though Though these games star women... Monstrous women, badass women, or furry women, all the women are white or voiced by white actresses. So I can't quite feel the same sea change as others might when they look at these games. Cis white women are a safe option. They're just as much the default as the white men they replace. When companies want to look progressive and inclusive, they hire white women. When video games similarly want to look progressive and inclusive, guess who gets put on the box? I'm reminded of Bioware's campaign to have players vote on what the default female Commander Shepard would look like for Mass Effect 3. I remember being crushed when my choices were blonde, brunette, redheaded, and two paper bag testing, test passing, excuse me, tan women. And yet... There was so much hype around this contest because fans were excited that Bioware was finally paying attention to their female main character. Unfortunately, it seems like whenever a game's protagonist can be customized, white passing women are the default. I am not going to continue. You should definitely check out the article on Kotaku. I think there are some very interesting points made. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody already knows how I feel about this. How do you guys feel about this article in particular and, you know, uh, female representation in video games as a whole? And don't... Okay, I'll I'll, st- I'll start. <clears throat> so I want to say that I do agree with a lot of the points made in this article because, uh, like the um, the the writer did say oh, that. Uh, oh, go ahead. Let Darrell. me say one more thing that this article mentions. Sure. Sorry. Mm. Uh, so the article also mentions Overwatch, <clears throat> and I'm going to quote this okay. as well. It says, almost five years after its launch, Overwatch, a game in which its colorful, disabled, and queer characters are a large part of its appeal, still doesn't have a playable uh, black woman yet. We know that um, Sojourn is coming mm. in Overwatch 2. Yesterday, the Overwatch League announced an MMA-themed skin that features cornrows from one of its female characters. After seeing the skin, I joked that cornrows, a style worn and popularized by black women, got added to the game before there was even a black woman to wear them. I want to touch on that as well. So I wanted to bring that up, but sure. sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Sure. 
No, you're good. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree that, um, like the like the writer did say that if you want female representation in a game, it is seems to be safe to go with like a cis white woman or voiced by 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 a cis white woman in the case of Rivet from the upcoming uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, and that that could definitely be improved. That definitely can. But I do want to make one little exception on the on, on the whole progressive thing, and I want to specifically cite Celine from Returnal because yes, Celine is an, is a cis white woman. However, she is a middle aged cis white woman. Now that's in fact, hold on. Let me not even speculate here. I want to ask all of you: What's the last guy game that you remember that that um, featured a middle aged white woman, not a young white woman, not an early twenties or teenager, but like middle aged? Overwatch, uh, who was in Overwatch? Like they're all yeah. old. Like, oh, they're all old. Like, okay. Everyone is old. Well, not that's why I wanted to ask. Because, but... That's why I wanted to ask because I, I I haven't played much Overwatch. Um, to be perfectly to um, be perfectly fair. Oh my god, I haven't played in a while, and I love Anna? Overwatch. Um, Anna, but Anna's not white. Um, Moira. Uh, oh my god, what Moira? I'm sure Moira's like old as hell. Like she cannot Moira's be young. Like five times. The, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. But Moira can't be young. She's old. <laughs> like, she's an old white woman. Um, I, oi, oi, oi. Uh, I, I, I'm sure there are more that I can't. think but Actually, of. the only person that I can think of. Nah, there has. I think. To be I think. I, I think there everyone else more. is I agree. A robot. I agree. I look. Hold on. I but I agree with the drill that there does have sure to be more. There are more. I mean, but, how but, old is Tom Nook? But Tom is not a. <laughs> Isabel, I guess, would be, you know, I, Isabel's probably Isabel might be, there. Isabel might be middle-aged. Uh, well, Isabel is probably a white woman inside, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> She's a middle-aged white woman. Well, there you go. But yeah, that's, 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 that's all the point that I was making. Like, um, it's something, like, even, even if it, there's more examples than we can think of, it's, it's like the the articles for the title. Sorry, the sorry. What, what was it? Sorry, what was it? Your what, sis white woman wasn't isn't progressive. Like, what was the exact oh, oh, article name? Oh, 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 oh no! I closed it. <laughs> I don't know. I'll get back to it. Oh, anyway, it, it was saying isn't progressive, and I think that's just like disingenuous because ah, like I got it. Oh, what's sorry? What's it done is, it? What's sorry, title? your cis white woman protagonist isn't progressive. Oh, it's just sorry. I thought there was something next to the story. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, sorry, your cis white woman isn't progressive. Um, I think I would have agreed with the overall article more if it was if it was instead titled "As Progressive as You Think," because I do think there is some merit, especially with Celine. Um, it's just not as progressive as like it, it it probably used to be. Not to not to discount, you know. I think it's very important when you get any kind of female representation of video games because it's still a rare thing. Let's just be real. But I think it's just wrong to just completely discount it all together. And again, Returnal is the real is the one because like I know so many people, like specifically middle aged white women gamers, who are like specifically looking at that and feeling very happy about that. I saw like messages on social media galore about how happy they were to feel represented in that way and i was like oh wow good that's awesome and then i see something like this and i'm like i get it i do i very i very much understand but at the same time i don't i don't i just don't agree with the idea of tearing down one thing to make your point that's just where i'm standing on that okay (laughs) does anyone else want to say anything anybody else no no we're all good i mean I'm kind of in the same boat as Brandon. Like, oh, you know, it's it, 
but at the same time, I I agree with that article because you know there's a moment of time not too long ago we could have you know this could have been a per you know not a perfect it, it, let me rewind. There was a point <laughs> in time in our lives where you know everything was just a bunch of white dudes. Yeah, and you know the older we got. You know, finally, we started seeing, you know, more women, you know, taking the star role in things. Um, But I think now at this point in time where, you know, we have white women leading movies, leading shows and stuff. The one thing and Joel, I you hear me mention this all the time. I've talked to you about this. The one thing like if you're going to create a fictional world, why does it always have to be based on the same type of character? If you're creating a mm-hmm. fictional world, you're creating a fake world, an imaginary world based on your thoughts and right maybe you know you don't see a, a a black female lead but it's not really a good look and then we have you know completely lost my train of thought again go me um but i just i lost my train of thought completely this one actually derailed <laughs> <laughs> okay um i i will interrupt for a second and say that I disagree, Brandon. I don't think that this is necessarily tearing down one one group to talk about another. I don't see this article as doing that at all. I think that this is no- noting something. So <clears throat> I think that currently uh, it's not progressive to see um, white women as the forefront of video games because, I mean... We just, this article just mentioned, like, you know, five AAA games that are going to have white women in prominent um, prominent positions in the video game. So, at this point, and I think that, it, I don't think that that necessarily is a bad thing. I think that now knowing that it's not progressive anymore, that means that we have come to a point where it doesn't have to be progressive anymore because it's happening often enough. And I think that's great. So I think that when you look at the way that the article is written, it can sound like it's neg- it's a negative thing, like it's not progressive. But I think it's positive that it's no longer progressive because that means we have enough of them, we have enough representation showing up in these places that it's yeah. not something that we have to like actively look for anymore mm-hmm. i have seen I you know i've seen white women and uh older white women in video games i don't think i've seen one on the cover of a video game ever which is great um mm-hmm. i think that's a great demographic to explore i agree with you there but um i obviously am not white so i can't speak for white people so i don't know how to phrase this properly but uh so i'll say that if i see a I think the probably the most underrepresented demographic in video games is a black woman, um, and uh, just yeah. in general, like o- over over overarching every aspect of games, uh, either in journalism and video games and streaming, what have you. Um, it is probably the one that is most targeted as well. So when I saw this, you know, article, I was like, you know, that's so interesting. What an interesting way to word it. Like, this is not progressive. And I think when I am able to see a black woman on the cover of a video game, um, a box art, then I would start to be like, okay, we're finally getting somewhere. But when I see this, I don't feel, excuse me, I don't feel like we're, um, progressing enough because this is now kind of becoming the norm. And I completely agree that um, when companies want to be diverse, they just hire another white woman. Like 
and mm. because it's easy to do it's not something that's going to scare people away um you know uh, and, and even then people still have issues like you know obviously people still had issues with ellie being on the cover of the last of us too because people are idiots um you, you know the the whole call of duty controversy because there was a woman on the front and these are white women so like imagine what would happen if they put a black lady on the front like people would lose their fucking mind so yeah. that's why i feel like it's not that progressive anymore. Um, I, I, I completely agree. I feel like it's not that progressive anymore. And I feel like it, at this point, if you actually want to prove that you want to be progressive, add one of the people who never get to see themselves, right? Like, uh, I, I, I mean, if I ask you the top five video games that have black females in them as like uh, a main part of the story, I'm sure that none of us could name more than like two, possibly. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you guys. Maybe you can. Um, but, you know, aside from, I, I would give you... I. Whenever someone talks diversity, I think one of my favorite things that I used to throw out was Overwatch, because I think Overwatch, you know, in the beginning did a very good job with um, showing such a diverse cast. Uh, even in, you know, you mentioned age groups, they do it as well as, you know, ethnicities, race, nationality, um, age, age demographics, like it, it spans everything. And yet, what is that game missing? Black woman the same fucking thing like that game is missing that one thing and Mm. i want to quickly touch on something that i didn't talk about last week which was may's mma um may's mma uh uh, outfit for um the overwatch league i think it was for the overwatch league Mm. Um, i think it i think it came out like to in in tandem with the league coming back mm, okay. so you can unlock it for yourself in the game i think it's only for a limited time though it might be the first couple weeks of the season okay um so actually before i do that let me also say an, an ending part of this article uh, it says while i'm glad to see the shift away from its dude dominated history i think we can still want more for ourselves game makers should push beyond the safety of white men and women and create protagonists of all races shapes orientations and abilities and i think that's also really important to mentioned for this article so i did want to read that because she does mention that yes she is very happy that it's no longer this like dude dominated issue and you know i'm sure we all are um with that i think that i don't think that what overwatch did was necessarily bad by giving may cornrows i don't think it was like a bad thing I think the reason it becomes, but obviously because, you know, MMA fighting, a lot of women do wear cornrows no matter like what their ethnicity is. I do think it was a not smart idea when you have been told over and over again, multiple times that you're missing this one thing and it feels like you're ignoring everyone who mentions that you're missing this one thing. And then when you mention that you had this one thing coming, it's, you know, during the middle of a cover up because your company's fucked up um, with the whole, you know, Blizzard China thing that I don't want to get into. But like, that was like, we're going to show them this black woman they've been looking for for forever so they can shut up. And I'm not saying that's what Blizzard did, but I'm saying that's how it comes off. And then, you know, how long is it going to take you to develop Sojourn? Right? Like, you showed her off too early. She's not coming in the base game. So, like, oh, let me correct myself. She will be available in both Overwatch 2 and the base game. But she's not coming as a DLC part of the original Overwatch. So now we have to wait on Overwatch 2 to be able to finally get this black woman. And we have, like, so a, a plethora of other underrepresented races, which is always great. Um, but it's not a really smart idea when you know that people are upset that you don't have this to then put parts of that culture into something that doesn't like that, that you're missing. So I understand people being upset about the May hairstyle. I don't think that Blizzard did it maliciously. Of course, I think it was probably a little bit of an oversight on their part. Like you probably shouldn't put 
uh, a, a culturally black hairstyle on a non-black character in your game that doesn't have any black characters. <laughs> That's just like, maybe you should think it over before you decide to do, you know, that. Uh, and before I move on with that, anybody else want to chime in on that? Or can I keep going? Okay, so, uh, yeah. oh yeah, go ahead. No, 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 please. I was just going to say, I agree with you about the article. I don't, I don't, I think that like there's obviously pl- plenty of dudes in general of any ethnicity uh, in games. And yeah, I mean, there was a point in time where having women be on the cover or the main character was novel and new mm-hmm. and felt like we we're pushing boundaries, but where we're much past the point of that being the boundary, the boundary needs to keep going further. Where are the, the gay characters? Where are, you know, the trans characters, where are the black women characters, anything, Asian characters, whatever it may be. Like there's other things than white people to put as the main character. And like, I don't know about the rest of you, but like forever in video games, like the entire time I've played games, I very rarely pick first. I very rarely pick male characters. Like if I have the option, I play as women characters a lot. Um, like in everything overwatch, my main character, most of them are women, uh, fighting games. Most of the time I play women characters, uh, most RPGs that you can either create a character or, whatever i outriders this year my character was a female like oh that's my just... god outriders <laughs> can i interrupt you for a second Go, of course outriders has this thing that i hate in video games i'm sorry gabe <laughs> outriders i first of all let me say i love outriders i had a great time when i was playing it but outriders does this annoying fucking shit that i hate when companies do which is you can't alter certain uh, facial features with certain skin tones. So they have uh, skin tones lock based on uh, 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 attributes of a person's character. That is really annoying because I was like, oh, let me, cool, let me make this black lady. All the black female options, trash. And then, like, the, the best I could do was make, like, this tan woman that looked good, but her facial features were clearly not that of a black person. And I mm. hate when video games tie... Uh, uh, skin color to physical attributes because not all, you know, not all Asians look the same. Not all black people look the same. You know, like that is one of the most annoying things. And so my black guy is like tan because I wanted him to look hot, but like I didn't like some of the options. So now I can't even be the black dude I wanted to be so I could be cute. I'm sorry. I, that <laughs> really bothers me in video games. I feel like if you're going to give me choice, give me choice don't restrict my choices based on physical attributes uh, mm. because then you know it's like i can't i can't be the brown skin hot guy because the only good looking character is like the white guy and he only goes to like two shades of tan so now i'm stuck with this tan white guy facial feature dude with a weird did, haircut did cyberpunk do that too or they did something with the character creation did they lock uh voice pitch to gender they did something. I can't remember. They, I think they did, but their um, intention was to allow people to um, be able to. And I'm, I'm speaking obviously on what I've heard. Like I obviously don't work for uh, CD Projekt Red, but their intention, as I understood it, was that you could have your character's physical attributes be whatever you wanted them to be, but Mm -hmm. they would tie your pronouns to the voice option. So that way, if you wanted to play a trans character, but you wanted them to be referred to as like, like if you had a character that presented as a woman, but you wanted them to be, uh, 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 
uh, referred to rather as he or him, you would pick the male voice option and then you would have that no matter what your outside looked like. I think that was their intention, but it didn't come off that way and it didn't come off well. And I, I don't know enough about it to continue. Also, I'm so sorry I interrupted you. That just really annoyed me. Don't do that to your no, video I, games. Of course, no, I, I get it. Annoying, but sorry. I don't know. What, I don't know what I was saying, but I agree oh, with no, you. I'm sorry. More, more diversity, more inclusion. We're we're way past the point of needing to ask for that. You were saying that Outriders does a good job at something. Hopefully, not what I just should. Oh, for. oh no! I was just saying uh, that, like, I was thinking of recent games, like my character that I made in Outriders. I made a female character. Like, I I play as female characters more often, I think, than not when given the option. Um, so I would love there to be continue to be more options for who you play as. I think that's a, a wonderful decision. I usually I used to always play as girls, but now I'm just trying to make hot dudes that I'd like to date. So <laughs> the only the only time that I like the last game I can think of where I made a male character was Mass Effect. So like when Mass Effect comes out next week again, probably gonna play it that way again. Really? But you most of the time, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna probably play it more than once because oh I do that like those games a lot. And the but amount of time that you have to play Mass Effect more than once—that's amazing. I don't. I well, I don't have the time. But... <laughs> you gotta make it. You gotta make the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what I don't know if, if the game changes or the dialogue more like relationship situation dynamics change if you play as the the female shepherd. I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I'm playing it for the first time next week, so what I I'm jealous say... that that you guys are playing it for the first time because I, I would love I'm to excited. I would love to experience it for the first time again. It's really good. I liked it a lot. What I will say is that a lot of times, the, and this is going to sound super bad, but a lot of times the um, female voice actors just sound better than the male voice actors in a lot of these games. Yeah. And that's I think usually people, why you know, I know which way I go. Like, the girls just do sound better. I Like, for Mass Effect in particular, I know Jennifer Hale voices Femme Shep. I don't even know who voices Femme You know, exactly. Yeah. Everyone... Because everyone talks about Jennifer Hale's performance as, as Shepard. So I, I legit amazing. don't... Yeah. You know what? Exactly. That's that's my whole point. Um, so moving on, Returnal. Anybody played Returnal? Oh no, no. Okay. Anybody played Roguelikes before? Yes. Yes. So Still don't all... know. Not many, but yes. Huh? I said not many, but yes. What did you that's say? What I said I still don't know like what category that falls under. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Oh, yeah, I mean, because got you. Uh, I mean, like, the, the base level is, so there's rogue likes and then rogue lights, but we don't have to go that deep into, like, the difference between that. But it's basically, like, a game that you, if you die, you lose all your progression and start over. A rogue, uh, but, like, a lot of, like, Returnal, I believe, is this way, too. You do keep some stuff when you die. Like, you get to keep certain levels of progression, so it's not just, like, going back to square one. So there's, like, two different levels of when you die, you start from the beginning again. Uh, did you play Hades or Dead Cells or no, Binding of Isaac? Dead yeah, Cells, no, but I played Hades. Hades. So Hades is a roguelike, yeah. where like you keep some progression, you can build up some stuff, but when you die, you go back to the beginning. And Hades is actually a really great example because it was one of the first roguelikes that I played that it's essentially kind of encourages you to die. I don't want to say encourages, but it gives you a reason to continue after you mm -hmm. die. Like it's a it's a really good way to find out. You find out more about the characters, you build relationships, you get more items and weapons and a bunch of other stuff, and you're able to, um, you know, 
further along, uh, I, I got, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> you get what I mean. Uh, yeah. Hades is a great example of that. So, a um, Returnal, there's been some issues about Returnal because, uh, the amount of time that it can take to finish one run in Returnal has, as far as I've read, gone to about four hours long for one run. And on average, I would say I've never played a roguelike and lasted for more than maybe two hours, but that could just be my skill. Uh, I also haven't played Returnal, so as far as I'm understanding, uh, Returnal does take longer for a roguelike level to end. So... My question to you guys is, because uh, a lot of complaints have been sent to the developers of, of Returnal, saying that, you know, I started playing Returnal, and I really want to stop playing, but I can't stop playing because I would lose all of my progress in this level if I stopped the game. I can't stop to play any other game because once I stop playing this game, I lose all my progress. Um, and uh, apparently in the beginning of the game, there is a warning that tells you that you can put your PS5 into sleep mode. Uh, if you need to uh, take a break and then come back and continue. But that also means that you are unable to play any other game ever while you're playing Returnal. So uh, the developers did send out a tweet after all of these comments came out and they said, we hear the community and we love you all. Nothing to announce now, but keep playing and enjoying the challenge as you can. So the assumption <laughs> is that they are going to... Why is that funny? <laughs> I don't know, because it's like, we hear you. We don't have a solution, Not so they, just keep going with it. I'm assuming that they're going to add some form of safe state. So it's like, a, no. They're like saying like keep enjoying the game. People are saying we're not. Like <laughs> stop. <laughs> well, when you put it that way. <laughs> it sounds bad. Uh, so I wanted you guys' opinions on Returnal not having a save state and possibly having to play this game for four hours straight and then turn it off and lose all your progress. Or Ew. having some form of save state because, I mean, we're all adults here. Shit happens, right? The kids start crying, the dog knocks over a food bowl, you know, anything. You gotta go pee, and then the power goes out, and you lose everything. Um, Hades does have, like, a, a save point, right? Like, you can save anywhere in Hades? So, I don't know, because I play, played it on Switch, and, like, I never turn my Switch off. I just, like, put my Switch oh, in rest so mode, just, like... so I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't fully remember. All right, I don't remember either. So um, how do you guys feel about a roguelike that your progress de is determined based on how long you can do the run, uh, but then you can't save and do anything else, and these runs could go up to four hours? Like, Do you think that the developers should add some form of save state? Do you feel like that kind of takes away from the whole roguelike situation? Because the whole point of the roguelike is to go through the level um, as much as you can, do as much progress as you can, and then continue on and get whatever you left uh, behind or whatever they leave you after that level's over. So, like, the, the whole point, as far as I understand, for roguelikes is to be able to finish the level in one go. Uh, without, uh, And some people feel like maybe, you know, cheating, it would be cheating if you had if you added a save state, because then, like, you can take a break, come back and save, and then, like, you maybe, you know, you can choose what save spot you do, and then now you're cheating because you're not really doing a roguelike, whatever. Um, so, yeah, how do you guys feel about this? Do you think the developers should add a save state? Do you think the that, you know, 4 hours is just too long to play one game? Do you think you'd be annoyed by only being able to play that? Like, imagine playing Returnal and Resident Evil 8 is out and you can't play it because you're stuck in a level. Like, how, how are your feelings on this and the developers' response so far? Okay, so let me say this. Um, Returnal, correct me if I'm wrong, because I might be wrong, but is Returnal like the first like triple A like roguelike? Because it's usually been a it's usually been a genre that I, it's it's com very common in indie games. 
but I don't know if, if, if I've ever seen like a triple A, like with a high ass budget roguelike game, personally. So, is, is it even triple A? Like, would you consider not. Return to AAA? I wouldn't consider AAA. Yeah, I okay. wouldn't either. That's the, okay, fair fair enough. But, like, it still has, like, a... It's not an indie game is what I'm trying to well, say. Well, so isn't it? Like, the reason I say that is because it's from Housemark. And literally, if you go to Housemark's Twitter, their their handle says, Housemark is a Hyansky-based independent game developer currently working on really? the channel. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm completely wrong. Okay, well, in that case, ignore that point. And just the fact that this is, a, this is unlike other roguelikes, where a lot of roguelikes I've seen... Their runs are are quick because the game itself is hard, and the progression is from like learning as you go forward. Which you know, if it's randomly randomly generated, then that's a difficulty in of itself. But with Returnal, it's it's a hard game. Like I've seen that commonly in like reviews and impressions from people. That being said, again, people are making runs that go for like two to four hours long, and I think I think. If there's that many people that are going for that long and not able to stop, that's a problem. Now, about the save states thing, like you said, an issue could be like someone could save and just reload a save. That would obviously be a problem. That would uh, dispel uh, the main point of the game. But you can do suspend points. Fire Emblem does this where like you can't necessarily you can't save necessarily in like a middle of a Fire Emblem map and just like and just like you reload that particular point. You can reload from like in between chapters. But when you're actually in the map, you can make suspend points. Like, I need to stop playing. I have something to do. Or maybe I want to play something else for a little bit. You reload the suspend point. Once you reload it, that suspend point is gone. You can't re- you can't use it again for that one time. I think that would be an easy fix to this problem. So people can't cheat their way to keep doing that same run over and over again. And be able to do something else or play another game. I think that's a simple. Like, you don't need save state. Just make suspend points. I think... That'll solve all the problems. I feel like I you're talking think... about me. I would totally do that. I just keep playing the same shit over and over until I beat it because I don't want to start over. But I don't like Red Legs. Sorry, Brendan. Well, I was just going to say, like, I mean, it's not a game that you're playing against other people. So, like, if they did add save states and you wanted to save scum and, like, restart, like, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you want the challenge and you don't want to play that way, like, I'm, a, I'm of the mindset that this is... This is like a piece of bad game design where like, I think the suspend point, if they really want to preserve this, it's very difficult. We don't want you to save the the suspend point is like the fix. It's you have this option to stop playing when you come back and reload it. It doesn't give you the option to load from there again. Sure. But at the, in the same conversation, you'd have more people playing your game and more people enjoying your game. If you gave the option of just being able to save, because like Jarrell said, it's not a game for him, but if it was a game where he could save and reload, then maybe all of a sudden it is a game for him. I just, I, I don't know. I If people want to have the challenge, the challenge is there. If people want to have something easier, I, I don't see, I just don't see what the problem is with that. I think at the baseline here, the issue is, like you said, a suspend point would fix the, it would be the, the baseline fix. And I'm confused as to why that's not there because... Who has four hours to sit and play one game? <laughs> Not everybody. Especially you know? if you're, you know, th- this game is rated M for mature, rated M for mature. So, you know, a large part of the audience is adult gamers. Exactly. Yeah. Who are busy. I 
will say that I have always thought that the PS5 is better than the Series X for only for uh, very specific things, you know, like being able to play um, uh, 120 frames per second and 4K. I know where Xbox can do the PlayStation can't. Um, but like the 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 um, haptic feedback in the PS5 controller is still like next level to me, which is why I will always buy games on PS5 unless I have no money and then I get them on Game Pass. But <laughs> PlayStation has that problem, right? So Xbox does have, the Series X and S does have the um, quick resume. So I can literally yeah. stop and play something else. Have I used it? No. I literally only play one game at a time. I don't this would be the why, game. Why if people... this was not Xbox, this would be the game people exactly. would use. Exactly. So I was like, wow, that's crazy. Because this is the one time I would use quick resume so I could play more Yakuza and take a break from from um, uh, Returnal. But PlayStation doesn't give you that option. And I never, ever thought, why would I ever play more than one game at a time? Like, I can only concentrate on one thing. This would be the reason why. So apparently Xbox just needs to uh, make a game like Returnal so I can play more on my Xbox. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine if the, if if uh, Against All Laws Returnal made an Xbox port, if they just made a game like that on Xbox, and it says, <laughs> Quick Resume. <laughs> you got Quick Resume, so play it on Xbox. Yeah. It just, oh, man. But I've heard such great things about the game. I wanted it. I was going to buy it. And then I read four-hour runs, and I was like, there is no fucking way. I am about to sit at my screen for four hours to play one run of a single game. There's absolutely no way. So there was, um, actually, before, um, this was my first time ever playing Dark Souls, the original one. Um, so I didn't know, everyone knows Dark Souls, you know, you get to the bonfire and you rest. Um, I didn't know that you could save in between the game like you can go you can go to bonfire and you can take a couple of steps or you can be like in the middle of you can actually be in the middle of a fight and if you go and you go to the uh, not the pause menu we go to the um the options menu there's a part that says exit game and when it exit it says save game and exit i didn't know that i thought that was just exiting the game so um so you just played it like a roguelike no I, so I, I yes, actually, I played the first Dark Souls from bonfire to bonfire, and the other thing about Dark Souls is they don't tell you where the bonfires are all the time, so you'll run by them sometimes. So my my first uh, my first playthrough, um, I actually remember this very vividly because um, I, I was a college freshman. I finally had my own little laptop that could run a game, so I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get Dark Souls. I hear everyone talking about that. It seems like a really cool game. I hated that game because I couldn't because. I didn't know I could save. You played I on thought, extra, extra hard mode. Like, <laughs> clearly. I really did for no reason. And, and also, this was uh, this was the Prepare to Die edition, which you know, oh. it's right there in the name. It's it the level, the difficulty is already ramped up. Um, <laughs> so I played it from bonfire to bonfire, and there was a certain part where I couldn't get past, and I was like, "This game fucking sucks. This game needs like better saving or whatever." Because I I don't think. The original Dark Souls had autosave, so like I was like, this game's fucking garbage, whatever, blah. So I stopped playing it. Um, then I finally saw someone on YouTube play it, wow. and I saw them. <laughs> I think they messed up because it was one of the speedrunners, and I saw they messed up and they exited game. It saved it. It said saving game. I'm like, wait, wait a minute, what was that? So I I went back, I looked at the video again, and it said save game. I was like, you can save the game. Excuse me. So I went and I finally booted up Dark Souls again after three years, and I was like, I don't think that like I think that was like a mod or something because I was I wasn't too a save game mod. Yeah. So I went. I mean, hey, you never know. So I went and I looked, and you could save the game, and that instantly made Dark Souls a thousand times better for me. Like 
can ask anyone here. I talk about Dark Souls almost every week because it's one of my favorite series ever. I feel like, yeah, you know, you you want your game to be difficult. So having that four-hour playthrough for one sitting seems like a good thing, but also giving players the ability to save a game in the middle of their run, you know, again, it has benefits. They can turn the game off to go do something else. They could turn the game, they could, whatever, those are all the other benefits we already talked about. Um, So I feel like that's definitely an update they should be working on quicker than most um again like their response like <laughs> hey we hear we, we hear your complaints but uh what do you want them fuck? to have said like, just kinda, I, don't, I don't understand i feel like what they said it, it, it would have been it, i feel like they should have you know specifically said we're working on making you know again not necessarily a save point maybe a suspend point something but just like just telling people, like, yeah, we heard what you said, but, you know, keep playing your game and have fun. That doesn't really, I don't know, to me, that doesn't really seem like you're working on anything. That's like, a, like what was it, Dead by Daylight, talking about the colorblind option. Oh, Have we heard bad. anything from that since then? No. Okay, okay. so I think this was literally just, like, but, oh, go ahead, sorry. But, yeah, like, okay, because this one, this one was, we talked about it on the podcast months ago. This was, you know, this is a developer's, like, a saving face for something that happened, right? Something happened and they went along and they tweeted out like, oh, yeah, here, we're working on this. And then they showed some pretty convincing screenshots of the game with the colorblind option turned on. Um, so I guess, Drew, you can say what you were going to say now. <laughs> okay. I forgot what I was going to say. I, I, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, oh, I was gonna say, you know what this is? This is probably just like the the fucking community manager is just like, hey guys, they're going crazy about this, and I don't know what to do. And then they're just like, no, nah, just tell them to have fun, and we're gonna work on it. And then he's like, okay, uh, have fun, we'll work on it. And now here we are talking shit about it. He's just doing his job, bro. He don't know what's going on. He's like, he's just like, they're gonna I work mean, on it. Yeah. I don't know. They're gonna work. Um, yeah, no, that, that four. I in in their defense, I don't think that they intended for people to have four hour runs, right? Like, I would be the asshole who's playing this game for four hours because I suck, and then I'd be the one that goes on to run it, and I'm like, this game sucks. I can't pause. I don't know what to do. But I don't think they intended for the game to have four hour runs, so I don't think this is something that they probably foresaw. Is what I'll say. Like, I think that you know, as developers, they probably played this game a ton, right? And so you get used to the runs and how they're supposed to go, and now you're speed running because you made the fucking game, and then Jarrell comes and takes, like, eight hours on one run, and then he makes a post, and you're like, oh my god, this idiot, and then boom, now it's blown up to, like, well, you shouldn't be playing the game, right? They could have just been like, no, don't, it's, the game isn't made for you. If you can't get past a run in four hours, then don't play. You know, that could have been the response. Instead, it was like, we hear you, keep having fun, we have nothing right now, but, and I think that but is like, yeah, something's coming. So I, I don't necessarily yeah. want to blame them for it. But also, it's their fault for not putting a safe state. So like, you know, like <laughs> I don't want to blame them, but it's also their fault. Kelly, did you want to jump in on this before I move on? Um, I don't have that much time to spend, and I also suck, so I don't even, I didn't even know that this was what the game, like, entailed, but, um, yeah, I feel like I played Resident Evil 6, and they did that, I don't know if they did that in the previous Resident Evil games, but you had to, like, get to a certain point, and I hate that, like. 
Oh my God. I don't want to have to like get to the end of a level, especially when you don't know that you have to get to the end of the level. Like I just exited. I lost like 70% of my progress. It was like miserable. This is, this, is, this is a little off topic, but The Last of Us 2, I hated the way that save states worked in that game because I played Final yeah. Fantasy VII Remake and I was, you can save anywhere in that game, you know? You gotta go do something, just fucking save and you come back, you're exactly where you are. In The Last of Us 2, it has like save checkpoints, so but it's open world. So like you can save anywhere, but it's going to place you at the nearest place that you should have like checkpoint saved, which... Right made no sense for a game that came out in 2019, 2020, whenever the fuck it came out. I was like, why is this not, like, why are you why are you forcing saves like this? You should be able to save wherever you want it. Although it did work out for me because I was um, trying to fight some dogs and I was really scared and I couldn't kill the dogs and I saved and I came back and the game, like, literally saved me past the dogs and they were dead. And I was like, oh, this wow. worked out perfectly. <laughs> I don't have to do that fight. So I totally cheated. But then I was like, damn, now I don't even have a chance to go back and see if I could have done it. You know, like, Game fucked me up. I know you could have, Jarrell. I thank you, Brandon. I feel like I could have done it. I, I I killed other dogs, so I I guess I could have. But that just You're made powerful. no sense to me. And uh, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, fix your safe state stuff, people. We don't we don't want to deal with that type of stuff. Um, moving on because I I feel like I was on that for quite a while. Um, Bandai Namco and Nether Realms are removing themselves from uh, esports. T or sorry, esports. Um, so. I'm just reading all the article from the uh, esportsobserver.com. NetherRealm Studios, Bandai Namco Esports will no longer be working with We Play. In a statement on social media, Mortal Kombat developer NetherRealm said, NetherRealm Studios is constantly striving to foster the best esports tournaments for our dedicated fans and community. Due to differences in vision, we will no longer allow our games to be utilized in WePlay-operated esports events. At around the same time, Bandai Namco Esports issued a similar statement saying, Bandai Namco Entertainment is constantly striving to deliver the best esports tournaments to please our players and fans. Due to differences in vision and professional standards, we will no longer be working with WePlay as an esports organization. It is unclear why both companies have publicly broken with WePlay, but some are speculating that the split might be due to the fighting game community's negative reaction to a recent partnership between Russian betting company One Times Bet and WePlay. Uh, WePlay Esports issued a response on social media on Friday that said, WePlay has always strived to raise the standards in every tournament we put together by delivering the highest quality events, using innovative production techniques, and providing the best conditions for players and talents alike. Um... This was from, I said, uh, esportsobserver.com by James Fudge. Um, so, both NetherRealms and Bandai Namco have removed themselves from this esports situation because of, supposedly because of the situation in which they are partnered with, WePlay is partnered with some rushing, Russian, excuse me, what did I say, Russian uh, uh, gambling situation? D- what? So I read this and I was like, what is going on? Like, why would you have an organization that partners with Russian betting and gambling for a, um, like, an esports situation? So, yes, they've removed themselves. But I, what I want to ask you guys is, if you were competing in this competition and you found out that we play, which is hosting the competition for, you know, Mortal Kombat or whatever it is, the fighting game that you're playing, and you find out that they are uh, partnered with some type of Russian betting company, would you still compete? Like, do you not care? You'd be like, fuck no, it, give me my money. Or I would don't... you just be like, I'm out. I don't trust this. How would, how would you feel? That sounds yeah. shady AF and I'd probably get out because that sounds terrifying. <laughs> it's like, who... I'm, a, I'm a very paranoid person. 
So I feel like if I if I you know compete in this, I feel like the CIA is gonna be shown at my door the next day or something. <laughs> Give me like, that prize money. What are you money. doing, with you, the Russians? I'm like, yeah, it's like it's like what were you doing, fraternizing with the Russians? Like, whoa, what are you talking about, dude? So I would I pull out. Can you imagine yeah. like, if they showed up at your door, like all that prize money was gambled and you have to pay it all back when you spent it all? Like, in one night? You never know, bro. You can spend it all. It was the money. All right. Funny story about that. Um, <laughs> you know, celebrations were a little wild last night. Yeah, you're going to jail. Okay. And it's crazy because. I know, guess I deserve that. <laughs> we haven't had very many esports competitions because of COVID. So a lot of things have no longer been, um, you know, a lot of it's been online and a lot of people don't like competing online unnecessarily. And it's really been a difficult way for some, like, cause you gotta get used to lag and depends on the net code and all of this. So this was supposed to be a pretty big situation in which people were gonna, you know, compete in their favorite games and be able to, you know, take home prize money or whatever. And then like the entire, both companies just completely pulled out, which I think is mm. obviously for the better because like who wants to deal with the ramifications of that? Um, right. But while we're speaking on esports, so <clears throat> I'm going to do a quick summary of this and then we're going to talk a little bit about it and then we're going to move on. No more esports after this. So Capcom issued a statement. Um, actually, so uh, back up a little bit. So there are two players that were uh, in the midst of a little bit of situation with uh, Street Fighter V and both of them ended up being banned from competing uh, at any capcom sponsored event including evo so the short version of what happens is that there are two players low tier god and zero blast low tier god is this black guy and zero blast is this trans woman uh they had a they i think they fought against each other and low tier god lost and once he lost he said some very disgusting negative disparaging things uh that were super transphobic and i'm not going to repeat them Thanks. on the podcast they were just really disgusting you can find them i'm sure anywhere um they like i'm uh, they were really bad i'm not gonna repeat them so zero blast i believe ended up reporting um what low tier god said and so he was banned from competing in anything street fighter 5 at any competition which rightfully so because the things he said were just disgusting um so then he came back and reported zero blast for using the n-word uh, uh, and on multiple occasions, and then there were a bunch of situations where she, of course, was using the N-word, you know, flippantly as you do. So she was also banned from competing in any type of esports for Capcom or Street Fighter or anything at all. Um, and then, you know, if you felt bad for her, the next day she came back and she blamed the Black community for the way that they foster the N-word, and she said it was their fault that she says it the way she does. Which, this was after an apology. So first she apologized for using the N-word, and then she said, well, you know, it's kind of black people's fault that I used the N-word. It's the black community's fault. Which, you know, got her in even a, a much worse situation than she was by just saying the word, because now she's blaming the black people for her saying it. Whatever. So she was banned. Recently, Capcom came forward and said uh, that they have made the decision to lift the Capcom Pro Tour suspension of the player known as Sierra Blast. Um... Uh, she was excluded from participating in the Capcom Pro, Pro Tour 2020 season, but has since shown remorse for their inappropriate behavior. We hope that she has learned from this incident and will be a more positive force in the community moving forward. If any future violations occur, Capcom will permanently ban Zero Blast from all Capcom events. 
Capcom is continually evaluating all players that have received bans and will periodically lift bans on a case-by-case basis. So, having a little bit of the background without having to do all the research about everything that was said, how do you Mm. guys feel about Capcom going on an individual basis and lifting bans after people say and do bad things? So you think that companies should be doing this? Should they be, you know, monitoring these uh, players, seeing whether they actually feel remorseful and they should lift the ban? Or do you think that um, depending on what you say and do, bans should be permanent? And then another discourse that's come from this are people are asking, you know, what happened to low-tier God because of all the disgusting things that he said, um, but Zero Blast is being able to compete again, and as of right now, he's not able to compete again. Now, I will say that I don't think he's shown remorse for anything he said, or at least as far as I've seen, I have not seen him give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I personally haven't seen Zero Blast do or say anything aside from blaming back people for using the N-word since then. Like, I don't know what she's done to be able to um, uh, gain a right to compete again. So, uh, yeah, my question is, do you guys think that it's okay for Capcom to go on a case-by-case basis and lift bans that they've... Um, that they've placed on players? Well, divorced entirely from the situation, I think a case-by-case basis is um, a logical thing to do, I would say, because sometimes people do, you know, they make mistakes and they try to better themselves following the fact. And I feel like if they put in the work to really erase, the, the, the to really, you know, get past the, the bad stuff they do, then, yeah, they can get a second chance. Now, Talking specifically about this situation, that with that with that said, um, I I've heard of both of these people, Low Tier God and Zero Blast, but I don't know them besides hearing that they are you know obviously FGC players, right? So, like you said, Jarrell, like I, I didn't even know this whole thing happened until you presented the story, and of and, and in addition to that, I also have not heard this remorseful stuff that Zero Blast said. So if we're talking just about on the basis of what you said, I would say this was a bad thing. But apparently there was enough remorse shown that they were given the second chance. Um, again, I don't. neither of us know the full details on that. So I'm giving Capcom the benefit of doubt in this case and say that they, you know, Sarah Blast, she has said enough and done enough to warrant the fact that she has been given the second chance. And if low tier God hasn't been offered the same chance, I would like to believe that it's because he hasn't shown remorse for the things he said. Um, again, if any, uh, if anyone wants to correct me on that, both here on the podcast or listeners, feel free to. Because again, I don't know that much. I'm just saying that I feel like people should get a second chance if they really mess up, but like you know, work work really hard to redeem themselves. That's all I'm saying. So, can I ask you a question, Brandon? Before I even of course, you, what would like what would working really hard entail for you? That's that's something that takes time. That's not something you do in like a day. That's not something you do in a month. That's not something you do in several months. If it's like really bad, you have to really show like not only like apology is not enough, especially for something like this. You have to like go out of your way to show that you're not that person that said those comments. You have to show that the person that said that was, you know, like either in a, in a really dark spot that doesn't represent who that person is, which that really does take time. Or you have to go out of your way to really show improvement and, and like 
I don't think there's a specific rule book on how to like show that, Hey, I'm a different person now. All I can really say is that it really takes like time and, you know, maybe a little bit of therapy. If you said like something really bad to like, really like figure out what the deep seated issue is that you would say such things Mm -hmm. like it's, it's, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't an apology. No. And and, like, especially like for both of them, quite frankly, you don't, you, they shouldn't have to, they shouldn't say, I'm sorry. What I said, it doesn't, I don't care how long your your twit longer is or how long it it needs it needs to be it needs to be some time before you get just you know let back in the community. You really have to work for it. That's all I can really say. I will say that I watched this play out like while it was happening because I have to mm-hmm. um, follow both of them, and I I'm always rooting for everybody black. So I was like, yay! And then he said those things, and I was like, oh my god, ban him permanently! Like I mm-hmm. have no remorse for his ban. Like after the things he said, I had absolutely yeah. no remorse for what he said. And I was like, you know what? The the thing is, obviously, when you're playing video games, right, fighting games, there's a lot of shit talk going on. Um, but we all know that there is a point that you don't cross when you're shit talking people. Um, exactly that he 100% crossed it so then I was like you know what maybe she didn't say the n-word in the way that like I don't think she was saying it maliciously you know like she shouldn't have said it anyway but I don't think she was saying it maliciously I don't know if she should be you know removed and then she was like "Ah, it's black people's fault and I was like well there you fucking go (laughs) like I have no like there's no one I can you know side with here at this point and so to me it's so interesting that um uh, you know a year later when there haven't been any events right so like we we haven't had like any big offline events because of covid so like it's very interesting that Capcom has taken this case and, you know, given her another chance at, com- at competing. And it's really hard to see what she's done to, to earn it. Now, I'm not saying that she hasn't. I don't know what she's done to earn it. But I just felt like this was one of those weird cases because I think because of COVID, it's really hard sometimes to see what people are doing sure. um, where they are. So it, it, it kind of just like, if you have no idea what's happening, it kind of just comes off as like, wow, this person said the N word, blame black people for it. And like a year later, Capcom was like, Oh, it's fine. But then, you know, they still have this black guy who said really horrible things and they're not giving him another chance. So it's like, what happens here? And so that's why I wanted you guys' opinion on it. Brandon, you have the way, to say, I think. The way, the, the way, the way I, see, the, I see this whole situation, to give, a, to give a little metaphor, if you make a mistake, it's kind of like falling down a pit. And then to get up the pit, you got to like climb a ladder to get there. And every step you make on this ladder is a step back towards redemption if you clear enough to, to climb the ladder. And I guess the, the worse you did, the deeper the hole goes, right? I feel like she... Climbed a few steps with the apology, then said it's black people's fault. <laughs> Slipped down, the pit opened up further, so she had to go down even further. And then, I guess, in the time that we weren't looking, that she climbed the ladder. Uh, what I'm hoping, again, I'm giving Capcom the benefit of the doubt, and so that she climbed the ladder before they let her back in. The 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 opposite of the benefit of the doubt would be that Capcom sent a rescue team and pulled her out before she did the work and climbed the ladder. Okay, you know. Too. I'm sorry, yeah, Brendan, you, you were going to look like you are going to say Oh, I, I'm just confused as to how after she had made the second comment, like, that's that the part that... she came back. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> the part like, that's like... Back from that? Yeah. That seems like nail in the coffin. Exactly. Like, I don't understand, which is why I was like, what, like, I don't I don't know if, like, I, I, I have no idea, obviously. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, But yeah, did, did either of you guys, Kelly or Gabe, want to hop in on this one? 
do you I... think, which the question was, do you think that they should uh, continue to evaluate people on a individual basis and allow them to compete if they, if you think they have redeemed themselves? Yes. I mean, even fucking criminals get out of jail. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that, yes, they should evaluate it on a case by case basis. Um, I don't know who makes the decisions for like what saying what is worse or what, like, you know, um, either way, slurs are slurs. I'm you saying horrible shit to people is horrible. Um, but like you said, there's a lot of shit talking and who knows, like, I mean, if someone says something first, are you not going to retaliate saying the most horrible thing that you could think of? Like you are, um, no, I mean, mean, there's been times I I go at Jarrell over smash and he just takes it. I totally do. I am, a, I am not. But for the audience, I don't say slurs and stuff. I just say yeah. Not, just, I was like, no, no, what are no, you saying? No slurs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't throw slurs. It's just you know, it's, it's, it's just talking shit about his game. Now he sucks. And I do. Yeah, you know, I, it's a joke. I, I, I take it. I take the L. Yeah. Um. I just I don't know. Like I said, even criminals get out of jail. So. I so I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> um. If you're really remorseful and stuff, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're, like, a criminal, they make you, like, show remorse and shit before they let you out. You have to, like, be reformed or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't follow this at all, so I have no idea. I'm just, from the context of what we're talking about, like, I don't know. So there was this uh, case I was listening to recently, a little bit off topic, so I'll make this really short. There was a case I was recent- listening to recently, and this guy was a murderer, and he like killed this woman, and he went to jail for like 15 years, but he convinced everyone that he was actually a really good person. Um, and so the psychiatrist, uh, the psychologist, excuse me, were just like, no, yeah, he's totally reformed. He's a, he's a great guy. So they let him out early, and then you know what he did when he got out? Someone else. <laughs> he killed someone else. And then he went back. And then you know what happened? He did it again. Let him out again. Yeah. So, you know, criminals can be I need some background here. Was it a white man? It was yes. a white man. Uh, you okay. Know Keep them all in jail. You're right. Forever. You're right. And you, you know can't what? this man's future. of these two were white men. So, that for mm. context. But yes, he was white. So, you know, c- criminals are supposed to be reformed. I mean, or you could pretend. Which I, I think, I'm pretty sure we've talked about and seen before, where people have made apologies, uh, pretended to apologize, you know, uh, uh, I, uh, be better and then come back and fuck up again. I also need context. How many of that 15 years did he actually spend? I, the I first think time? it was like, I think it was like eight years, I think. It was like a decent chunk. Like, he didn't just come right. Eight out. years is a long con, though. Like, he's a piece of shit, but I gotta admire the the the, 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 the long game, to the bro. Bit. Was he like, played the long-ass game. I'm like, shit. Oh, it's not the long game. He truly believes that. I don't think that he fooled anyone. I think he really thinks that he's a good person that ah, can just yeah. murder women. Yep. I, ah, I, gotcha. Okay, psychopaths don't think of themselves as what they really yeah. are. Oh, yeah, psychopath, but, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Ted Bundy yeah, thought he was, like, charming and handsome, and he was none of those things. Unless he was played by Zac Efron, and then in case, he was. So. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay, Gabe, did you want to? Because I'm not even tackling that. Before I move on, um, yeah, tell us all I, about I, how Lady Dimitrescu is good to do everything she can. Oh Look, man, that woman can do whatever the fuck she wants to be. <laughs> and there it is. How <laughs> but going back yeah, to the I'm actual not- topic, going back to the actual topic, um, I do think uh, um, going back to individual basis and, you know, looking over them, over uh, over bands and stuff, I think that's a good practice for companies. My thing is, you know, it's what we've been asking, like, how do you determine if the person 
is truly remorseful about what they did. Um, because again, also like Jarrell said, you know, over the time of COVID, it's really it, it's kind of hard to keep track of people. As weird as that sounds, I worded that really weird, but I hope everyone <laughs> understands what I mean. Um, so we don't we don't know what you know if they put Sarah Blast through anything, you know, if they asked her to go to therapy, or if they asked her to take, you know, um, as as it sounds, some classes over, you know, uh, r- racial um, sensitivity, racial sensitivity. Um, we don't we don't know all that stuff, but it would be nice, I guess, to let people know if there's like a certain track they have to take because, again, like she could it, it's like the guy that went and killed someone said, "Hey, I'm a good person," and went out and did it again. For all we know, she could have been like, "Oh, I'm just gonna type up this I'm sorry letter to uh." Capcom and be like, "Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, I didn't mean what I said." And then you know, secretly, she's you know just still throwing that word around because you know it's you know the black people in her life made her do it question game (laughs) going off what you said am i to assume that every time capcom bans someone they offer them special classes to be better and then everyone who is not unbanned which is like fuck your classes i'm just gonna be a bad person I mean, but see, but that's 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 why i'm asking because we don't know what they do it'd be nice to know what they do because if that's the case then like I don't even think they do anything. Like I, I just, Capcom I, 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 feel, like, I, yeah, I feel, I feel like they don't. I genuinely feel like she was like, Capcom, I'm so sorry for you know doing this to low tier God. Please take me back. I swear I'll be a better person. I feel like that's literally all it was. But you know, if there was the cases of the class, or if there was the cases of like, hey, we're we're gonna give you the chance of going to therapy, and the person's like, no, then like, you 100 percent know there's like actually no remorse, like. Like ow! Fuck. I just find it funny. The way, the way, the way. Like, reaching out. <laughs> hey, you want to go to class? You should again? probably take this class if you want to keep competing. The I way you're describing school. Capcom doing the, the way you're describing Capcom doing this class, <laughs> I'm just imagining like all the ne'er do wells who, <laughs> who like, said like racial slurs. They're just sitting in a classroom, and then suddenly they just put on a video. Captain America walks in, and is like. <laughs> So, you said a racial slur in a term. <laughs> like, like, there's a bunch of, like, competitors in one room, like, you're all racist. Let's make that a non <laughs> Yeah, what if it's, like, a hey, racist person that's just like, you know, all right, when you want to stop saying racial slurs? Um, so, oh, I'm going to move on from this one. I'm going to yeah, just mention some things, and if you guys want to uh, comment on it, go ahead, because we uh, we're running a little bit late. we got a lot of stuff to get to. So, uh, yeah. Ubisoft hostage-taking hoax, alleged suspect, is a Rainbow Six Siege cheater. Not surprised. Uh, this is okay. over at IGN.com by Joe Scribbles, and he said a suspect behind the Ubisoft Montreal hostage-taking hoax last year is allegedly an aggrieved Rainbow Six Siege cheater who reportedly called in multiple threats to the studio. The press reports that has obtained court documents that point to a French citizen named Yanni Oahione, who has uh, apparently been banned more than 80 times from Rainbow Six Siege for times. Uh, 80! Know, I was like... I didn't think it was him the first time. Like, you I could was... just, like, practice a little. <laughs> 80 times? Like, just do a couple scrims. Like, Jesus. Get better before you get banned. That should be... Get good. New... Yeah. Oh, no. Who stole Pikachu from Ash this episode? Oh, but Ash is <laughs> trash. Uh, does anybody want to comment on that situation before I move on? No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that's all ridiculous. I gotta say about that. I have nothing to say about that except for the fact that it's ridiculous. So over at GameStop, um, 
In its battles against toxic behavior, Riot Games will roll out a feature that records the voice chat in Valorant. So I think we had a conversation on this podcast before about how trash Valorant, um, I think it was Kelly, right? You told us how trash Valorant. Uh, <laughs> I think Gabe, too. <laughs> voice yeah. chat was just disgusting. Well, yeah. yeah, so it turns out that by Jeremy Winslow, um, it says it's unclear how Riot's new chat moderation works, but data will be deleted after it's no longer needed. So uh, they're going to, we don't know how it's going to work, but they're going to record voice chat and then eventually it's going to be deleted do you guys think this is something that will help the game at all uh maybe it, it could works. it could i saw i did i did see a, i did see a funny comment in regards to the story about person what if they just put all the toxic people into one room and, just had it? <laughs> and, and then the, and then the top rated comment of that that was like i would pay money to hear those conversations see how bad they got it's okay. I was like, I sure wouldn't. Because then Riot Games <laughs> just go on is Call just of gonna... Duty. Yeah. Oh my god. Ugh. Riot Games is just gonna put them all into a class and teach them how to not be bad. All so, right. Like, Look, it's fine. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally fine. Uh, so, did you, you guys work, see dude. Marvel Phase Four? Yeah, I did. I sure did. All right. What are you, oh, you most mean, excited You mean when for? I cried Monday morning when I, I opened my phone? Ow, why was that was... video so emotional? I don't know because I didn't was... cry. So you guys are going to have to explain to me why it's so emotional. <laughs> but they revealed uh, the Marvels, Wakanda Forever, Fantastic Four, and some more stuff. So um, anything that stood out to you? How did you feel about it? Why were you crying? Are you a part of the Marvel Universe? Tell me all your thoughts. I did get emotional when they showed the scene of the reaction to uh, Endgame. I didn't cry, but I did get very emotional at that because I didn't qu- I didn't quite make opening night for Endgame, but I was pretty damn close. My theater was nice and full. So when when the you know the cap game, the hammer and the portals and all that stuff, I got I got some juicy reactions during that. So I so I did feel it did take me back to a time where I was like beyond hyped, and everyone else around me was. So that was probably the highlight for me. Or it was until they went into the movie titles themselves, and it was just title after title, date after date. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and I and I and I gotta give credit to our, our 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 wonderful social media manager Gabe for making sure to put the captions like, "You're gonna want to see this." And I was like, "I was like, oh, because I thought it was just kind of like to be a highlight of movies." But then he said I should see it, and then I also got a message from Christy saying I need to watch this. So like, all right, let me go see this. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is pretty wholesome. And then the titles just kept coming. They just kept coming. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, I got to, but I'll let someone else pass, because I actually got to think about what my favorite movie announcement was, because there was there so many. Wow, you just made me sound like such a hater. Yeah, you <laughs> I was just like, why do people like this? And you're like, it was amazing. Part of just, part- it's okay. just titles, but I'm just so excited for what's coming. That's all. Yeah, I think part of it for me, too, is... I I love going to the movies and I miss going me to the too, movies. Me too. So like when they kind of led into like the going to the movies aspect of the whole thing, where it was like we're going to show the fan reaction from Endgame. Mm-hmm. All these movies are coming back to theaters, hopefully. So it's like I don't know. For me, I was like, "Fuck, I really want to." Can I swear? Have we I sweared mean, at all? I don't know. I've been swearing a lot. Okay, you're good. You're good. Say say what you got to say. I always forget to ask that when I come on someone else's show. I'm like, I don't know if I can swear. And then I usually swear right away. I th- I don't think I've sworn yet. It just reminds me. It reminds me of the Yosef Ferris things where he swears already and then goes like, "Can I swear?" Like, yeah, <laughs> you swear. Fuck the Oscars. <laughs> and then um, just goes in. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go on. No, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, the whole movie thing was great. And then like, 
getting like knowing that Black Panther two is a thing, then it gets a title, and then like immediately Black thinking Panther's of Chadwick, I'm like, uh, oh, like okay. that see, like hit me in the gut in the morning. Um, yeah, I don't know. That that's why I was like emotionally charged about it. You know what? Um, I see my problem. I skipped the beginning. And maybe don't do that. Um, <laughs> but it's because <laughs> I it's because I didn't think that Endgame was as good of a movie as everyone was saying that it was. I thought it was really long for no reason. Um, anyway. um I can't, okay, I I do have a question about that. Like um I I think well, I'm not going to comment on the length. That's a whole other discussion. But I think like um a large part of why Endgame was so impactful for a lot of people because it really was like the nice big season finale to like everything that had come before in terms of like the Marvel films. I feel like if you have been there since the beginning, it hits harder. It, whereas if you maybe only saw like half or maybe a, at least a majority of them, it won't hit quite as hard. That's just my take, but continue. I mean, I also, a lot of the characters that I liked were not in Endgame, and um, I don't like Captain America, but I like Thor, and I feel like they really tried him throughout that whole movie. And they did try him, though. And they gave Captain America his hammer, and I was like, why? And everybody else was like, oh my god! I was like, oh, okay, this movie is so overrated. Uh, but I will say that I was very excited for um, uh, uh, Shang-Chi and um, uh, I, yeah. the Ten Rings. Wakanda Hell yeah. Forever and uh, Eternals. I was like, like, yes, give me more diversity, Marvel, because I remember when y'all said that y'all were going to have LGBT characters in uh, that movie, and then it was just that little thing where that guy was talking about his husband died, and I was like, that's trash, y'all tried it. So, I'm I'm very excited now that they have some more diversity. I will never forgive them for that, but yeah, I'm, yeah, that was me. Go ahead, Gabe. Um, so, for me, I'm a very emotional person, even if you can't really tell. So, I'm going to read you the caption to the video. The caption to the video is, the world may change and evolve, but the one thing that will never change, we're all part of one big family. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even want to talk anymore. I don't even want to talk anymore. I'm not going to talk sorry. anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn it. I'm not even going to talk anymore. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just while while we're in a while he's in a stun lock phase, I'll just say that the two movies I was really excited for, well, three actually, because I'm I I freaking love Black Panther. It was like one of my favorite non Avengers movies by far. So the fact that this one is focusing more on Wakanda, I am all in for that. Uh, I'm actually a lot of not a lot of people are talking about it, but Ant Man and Wasp: uh, Quantum Mania. I'm really excited to see how that goes because I actually really I love the first two Ant Man movies. I love their antics that happens. <laughs> antics. That movie was good. It was really funny. Yeah, like so Quantumania, I'm looking forward to see what happens with that. And the Marvels, mainly yeah. because mainly because I, I'm really like I really like the Miss Marvel Kamala Khan character. So I'm really excited to see how, you know, her and Captain Marvel, their their little team up, how that goes. That's a, and yeah. that's a really good title for it, by the way. The Marvels as opposed I, to just Captain Marvel Two or whatever they're gonna call it. That's I love it. I think it's also supposed to have um the superhero that got revealed in WandaVision. I forget. And I Monica Rambo. Yeah, yeah so. Monica Rambo. Yes, I don't I think they gave her too. a name yep. in the show, but yeah. she's... Uh, she also ends up being the same yeah. name character in the comics. So, so yeah, I guess we're going to think... see what happens. Photon Rambo, I think, is her comic name. She, she mo- no. no, she moves into Captain Marvel. She yeah. eventually gets that name. Yeah. Um, we did a whole thing about her on uh, H3 Critical's uh, uh, Twitter. Yeah. Actually, when we uh, when we tweeted, I actually went because I got the, I think this is the 2020 edition or the 2019 edition of the Marvel Encyclopedia. I was like, I want because I don't remember her being in the first encyclopedia, 
And if she was, she was like one of the small things, but like they actually gave her a whole section and she moves into the name of Captain Marvel. I think she becomes Captain the Marvel. first Captain Marvel after the current Captain Marvel. That's after cool. her successor, I believe. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. she becomes Photon. But yeah, you know, seeing three diverse women is going to be great. Yeah, I'm 100% mm-hmm. sure that we're going to get the white woman on the cover. We just talked about this. But that's cool. I'm not hating. Uh, I really hope that because it's called specific... the Mar- Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm re- like, you could, you could be right, but I'm really hoping because the movie is specifically called The Marvels, it really is Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel both Let's on the, the front goes. center. Let's see how it goes. We'll I see. think it'll have all three of them on the cover, or at least, at least Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel, simply because yes. the Marvel fan base is so toxic. It has so many toxic trash garbage humans in it that, like, yes. they hate Brie Larson. Her. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I could definitely see them just for that reason alone having I mean, multiple people on the front. Let's like the be top real. Villain. The Marvel's Avengers game is about Kamala Khan. And if you 100%. look at that yeah. game's marketing, she was nowhere to be found. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even think of them showing her in, like, any promotional thing. Aside from, like, commercials, I don't think they showed her in any, like, promotional things for the for that so i would not be surprised if because also brie larson is kind of the face of captain marvel so of course she's going to be there um i would not be surprised if the other two got pushed back or were not in posters at all because that's how marketing works Mm -hmm. um i'm assuming kelly does not give a shit about marvel movies (laughs) yep see i was right uh so i've seen them but i don't keep up with anything that's okay i mean same and that's why I, I'm happy that you guys were, though. I think I, I was really happy about the reaction that I was able to see. I'm just waiting for Blade and Eternals. And- Ooh, I, I'm looking forward to Blade, too, because Blade as well, because uh, they got Mahashala Ali as the new Blade, and then he is crisp. Like, yes, can't wait. I'm just, yeah, so, you know, I'm all about that I'm- diversity on screen. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for Buff Kumail in Eternals. That I was like, he looks, hello. The thing, the thing <laughs> that... Like, I don't know what the future is going to be of the MCU, which is, like, kind of why I'm really excited, too, because, like, we had the same people for 10 years, you yeah. know what I mean? And now it's all We're these really different heroes. New characters. Yeah, all yeah. these new actors and actresses and stuff. And, like, Kumail got fucking ripped. He is like, he is ripped. Good-looking. There's no way that's for one movie. Like, no oh, way. Oh, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? I mean, well, I mean, if it's Marvel, it could be for one movie. But I also agree with you that it's, there's no way. Yeah, that's, that's like, super jacked. He's, like, crazy jacked. Like, but... he is... I don't know. If I got a contract and they were like, you're going to be in one Marvel film, I will make sure that I am the most <laughs> jacked person in that film. Yeah. So that they fair. ask me back. <laughs> like, did you see me in the movie? <laughs> Best looking guy? Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I'm most excited for the diversity coming up in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, because, for sure. You know, I, I I am so sick of seeing Scarlett Johansson in every movie. No offense. I know she's got a lot of fans. I'm sure Black Widow's fine, but I'm I'm over her, honestly. That's just my own little opinion. I think she's great, but, you know, it's time to move on. You know, I'm, I'm over all that, so I'm really excited to see new, fresh, diverse characters that represent the, you know, Marvel Universe a little bit more because, what you know, the, the, the ones that we've seen for 10 years, who are they? What, Captain America, um, Hulk, Black Widow, Thor, who else? Iron Man. Iron Man. Uh, okay. Yeah, see? How, how many of them are... There's one lady. Uh, well, no. Scarlet Witch as well. So there's, like, two women and a Yeah, but she came later. Like, she came later, yeah. Well, then there it, you go. Yeah, you that's see? what I'm saying. Yeah, it started off not very diverse at all. Because it's... One and, woman and, 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 like, and, five dicks rolling around, white penises everywhere. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> 
One green. Some of them are attached to four, though. So, one attached to a really hot white guy. You know, let those That is one thing. That is one thing I will say that I like about how the Marvel Universe has been evolving is that, like, in the beginning, they just went with, like, the original guys, the white guys and girls that they've had since, like, the 60s, whatever. And then it's going forward. And then and then they added more diverse characters because Marvel Comics itself has diversified and now they're taking, like, um, the front and center role, which they should. And they're adding more diverse characters. I don't like the way you said that Marvel Comics has diversified. Like, they've been, uh, like, I, so I think that... No, it wasn't always diverse in Marvel. I'm, like, they I'm have a long history. I'm not saying that it always was, but I am saying that there were other characters that were diverse that could have been pulled from that were not. Yeah, for sure. So For sure. But I agree. Obviously, they are they are going uh, more diverse as they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Activision has denied that Toys for I Bob definitely didn't had say what layoffs. I was excited. Oh, for. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you you, you literally said I don't want to talk anymore. Yeah, but one of the reasons I'm excited that they didn't mention the video, but they did announce is, I mean, is this spoiler at this point? I don't care. I'm going to say spoiler ahead of it, but I'm still going to say it anyway. Is the new Captain America? Because there's going to be a Captain America four with you know. Sam Wilson. Um, and then, since no one else talked about it, at the end of the video, there was a very right. ominous glowing four, four. in the yes, background. Sir. So maybe that's hinting at a Fantastic Four finally being introduced Please. into the MCU for Phase 4. Mm-hmm. It would make sense. It's Phase 4, Fantastic Four. I'm just speculating. It'd be nice. I'm done It'd now. be a good way to end it. The to before going to Phase 5. Yeah. The only invisible girl I will ever acknowledge is Jessica Alba. It was so bad. She, I'm sorry. Her acting was horrible. I love her. I, I don't care what it be said. It made her look like they she were was... like, you need blue contacts and blonde hair. Like, bad wigs. Like, I don't know why. I, why. Just let her look like she looks, which is like a gorgeous woman. What are you doing? They're like, no, she needs to be more white. Like, That's what oh, she looked like in okay. the comic with the blue eyes and blonde hair. But it, it was her acting. Well, guess what? In Harry Potter, he's supposed to have green eyes and he has he blue eyes. Green eyes and they stopped using contacts. Because they was like, fuck it. And you know, good good decision. You know, sometimes it's okay. You don't have to look exactly David like Yates doesn't know how to make a fucking movie. Sorry. Okay. Uh, can we okay. <laughs> because it yeah. seems like you're a little so at destructoid.com there's an article titled Activision denies toys for Bob layoffs but confirms the team has shifted to Call of Duty Warzone so as we all know toys for Bob uh, have redone the uh, Crash Bandicoot and Spiral the Dragon uh, video games recently that sold I believe pretty well I think I don't know if anyone can I think they sold decently they didn't blow up anything but sales wise but like you know so, I think they did fine the teams have actually been shifted to work full-time on Call of Duty Warzone support. And that got people a little upset because they were concerned, like, hey, this team did a really great job at these remakes, and for some reason now they've just been pushed as support characters on fucking uh, Warzone, like, which is trash. Um, but the Activision has uh, denied that they were laid off. So apparently none of them were laid off, but they have confirmed that they all were moved over to um, Call of Duty Warzone. Obviously, people have a lot of issues with Activision Blizzard and how they um, do their things, but the article says, and I quote, 
Reports of layoffs at Toys for Bob are incorrect. There's been a, there has not been a reduction in personnel recently at the studio. The development team is operating fully and has a number of full-time job openings at this time. The studio is excited to continue supporting Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, and more recently provide additional development support to Call of Duty Warzone. Toys for Bob revealed that it was working on Call of Duty via Twitter, where it stated it was proud to work alongside Warzone's lead developer, Raven Software. One of Toys for Bob's former contracted employees then retweeted the message, noting that all their former colleagues at the studio had been let go. Uh, but in light of Activision's statement to GameIndustry.biz, it seems this may have been either a misunderstanding or a case of splitting hairs over laying off staffs and contracts expired. So that's that's the whole discourse around this. The, the tweet essentially was from a developer who said, hey, all my friends got fired. And they're saying, no, there's a difference between not renewing contracts and being fired. And that no one was essentially fired, but no one that was working on the team's Toys for Bob team is doing that anymore. Now they're all support. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Their whole team being reduced to support for uh, Call of Duty Warzone. Hate that game. It, it it paints a very bleak future for uh, any projects that Toys for Bob was working on, like, uh, you know, obviously the Crash series and any of the revivals that they have maybe been planning. Um, if, you're a bit, if you're a long-time Crash fan, for example, this is probably, like, really gut-wrenching because that series, you know, finally came back. Mm-hmm. And the trilogy did really well. Like, it did well on its original PlayStation platforms. Then we got ported elsewhere. It did some good, decent sales there. Um, Crash 4... I don't think sales will, it did fine. It did, but it just didn't do the same numbers that the trilogy did. Um, and that might've been one of the reasons why they decided it's probably not worth continuing anymore. And that's all I'm saying is like, it, it probably was a, a gut wrench. Like, know that your series came back. They were continuing with it. They weren't just re-releasing the original games, just done. Like it was a new game for it's about time. Right. And then to be told that, yeah, the developers making it, they're not making it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. It's not coming back. You thought. <laughs> Oh, hope you enjoyed four. It's, uh, that, that's so you know that's that's I like I I I personally haven't played the Crash games. I mean to at one point, and I'm just saying that if I was in that position, I I would be a little upset. That's you know I think that's natural. Anyone else before I move on? I just think it's it's a bad l- glimpse into the potential future, and Thank you. that's I don't know. I feel like Activision, Activision and Blizzard are merged, and there's a lot of shakeups and things that have been happening over the few years, last few years, and this is just another step towards a direction that I don't think most people are going to be happy about. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Oh, I mean, I wonder if this means maybe Activision sells the Crash IP to someone else, um, or they license it out for someone else to make a game, or. Maybe we just don't see Crash again for a long time. I would be so pissed if I put all my work into Crash 4, they made me work on Warzone, and then sold the fucking IP to another group. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would be so fucking mad. Oh my god. KB, you're saying something? I mean, I'm just, I'm, it, I'm glad that, you know, that team did get fired, just because, you know, they weren't going to be used as much anymore, but, mm. yeah, I mean, to move you to a game like fucking Call of Duty that so much more than an additional team to fix that fucking game. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I see you have feelings. Uh, so Xbox Game Pass has nine new titles, including Dragon Quest Builders 2, FIFA 21, Outlast 2, Steep, Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Remaster, Just Cause 4, Psychonauts, Red Dead Online, and Remnant from the Ashes. Um, there are also games leaving. Any games there stood out to you guys before I move on from that? 
Uh, we got. Best. Yeah, there's two. There's two. There's two new Square Enix titles. We've been that's been an ongoing story with us about the the uh, Square Enix titles going to Game Pass. We now know two more. Um, but the other games are are good too. Like <laughs> I know a lot of people are excited about Outlast two coming to Game Pass, for example. So yeah, some good, good night, offerings Kelly this time around. I already own it on Steam though, so. Yeah. <laughs> but Outlast, the first one, it it put me in my place, so <laughs> I am taking a little hiatus. Scary Queen is like, mm, not now. And that was that was fucked up. <laughs> but anywho, uh, no, I mean I'm gonna play the new Resident Evil and stuff. I I still want to play scary games. I'm just like, Outlast really like that did a number on me. I was. <laughs> I lost some sleep. <laughs> it's okay. It just my blood pressure is just a few, <laughs> a little higher than it was before I played Outlast. Okay. Um, well, I will not force you to play Outlast too. That sounds so. I'll play it. Whatever. People want to watch me scream. I'll die. Uh, people want to watch me scream. It's just uh, honestly, it gives me some like, like solace knowing that I won't have to fight. Like I hate being scared and having to solve puzzles and having to, like, fight enemies. Like, I don't want to... Yeah. <laughs> so, like, doing all of it can be stressful, but in Outlast, you just have to run. Like, I just have to fucking hide. I can do that. Like, alien isolation, that's what you do. You hide. I mean, you have a flamethrower, though. So, uh, but... But you can't kill the alien. You know? Ever. Can't do it. I'm a big baby boy. No scary games same, for me. Can't do it. Same. Oh my god. I need, I I've said it before on this podcast, but if I'm playing a scary game, I need to be able to fight back. Like what Kelly was saying that you just need to run and hide. Yeah, no. I if I if I can't defend myself, it's not for me. I like that's why I've played some of the Resident Evil games because ah, that's scary. Bum, bum, bum. All right, cool. Next room. I'm too yeah. Uh, so, uh, bah, 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 League of Legends has a show coming out to Netflix. Uh, Japan is opening its first ever esports gym in Tokyo, where gamers will be able to book three-hour slots at PCs and get lessons from professional coaches. That would be, like, my dream job. Like, I would just go to work and train people on how to play esports games. Like, please hire me, even though I can't. Um, a <laughs> bunch of games are getting um, a backwards compatibility enhancement over at Xbox. I'm not going to name them all because we're running over time. One of the most hilarious things I saw this week, courtesy of Gabe, is that PlayStation announced a new partnership with <laughs> Discord. Which, oh, as we all know, we talked about, I think, on this podcast, Microsoft possibly having a partnership with yeah. Discord, and how that did not work out. And then, you know, a couple of months later, PlayStation's like, guess what we got? <laughs> the same shit that Xbox wanted. Which Crazy. was just hilariously poetic justice in some form because Xbox has been buying everything. I'm not a hater. Continue to buy everything so I can just I get am. everything on a Game Pass. But that was fucking hilarious. Anybody want to jump in on that before I move on? Yeah. Um, I think the difference between the two, and you said you said it just now, was I think Microsoft was trying to outright buy Discord mm-hmm. and PlayStation was fine just settling with a partnership instead. Yes. So, that's that's an know, important distinction. Yeah. So, I, you know, props to Discord for, you know, holding their own and not being like, you know, you know, just sell ourselves for some money instead. That's because you know, again, Discord. It, it's not mainly used just by gamers, but it is a very efficient way for you know, especially people who have different consoles. Like I play Warzone with a friend who has an Xbox and another friend who has a PC, and I have a PlayStation Five, and we all go on Discord and play there because that's the easiest way for us to reach. So, props to Discord for saying we're not going to be sold out, but we'll settle with a partnership with PlayStation. Mm-hmm. But Goodness, it was PlayStation. They <laughs> might have been 
in this partnership with PlayStation before Xbox tried to buy them, which is what I think, because, <laughs> like, okay, obviously yeah. the partnership, they didn't just announce it the day it happened. It's been in talks for a while, I'm sure. And, like, maybe Xbox tried to step in while that was already happening, but if you're mm. in an NDA, you can't say anything about it, so they're like, oh, no, we can't, but it's because they were already in a partnership. Like, I don't think this happened overnight. Yeah, it's true. And they were like, uh, Fuck you, Xbox. We're not doing that because we have moral high ground of Discord. Like, I mean, no, it's just... definitely I'm think just... that's how it went down. I don't <laughs> think this was. I don't think they were talking to PlayStation before this because if they were, when they announced this, their their integration thing that they're gonna do wouldn't be happening two years from now or a year from now. What? I think it'd be yeah. happening a lot sooner because they're not. They're gonna start. You're not gonna start seeing like their partnership like actually take effect within their console and the app itself until 2022. 20, so you're saying that you 20, think that this is, like, fresh new talks? I not, actually... like, fresh new, but, like, I definitely feel like Discord and PlayStation weren't near any agreement when Microsoft was like, let me buy I you out. I disagree. I'm 100%. Oh, did you know how this contract like, negotiation yeah, shit takes a lot? Yeah. We've learned, if there's one thing we've learned over the past week is that the gaming business is very secretive and very weird, and we're not all going to know the facts. We'll be fine with our own you opinions. You don't make big-ass contract deals like this in, like, a few months. Like, that, like, I, I, just, I completely agree with Kelly. I just, I just imagine, <laughs> you know, this, this PlayStation <laughs> Discord deal is already going down. Microsoft comes in. It's like, hey, Discord, we were just thinking about PlayStation. goes like, you activated my trap card. I love that you just got a card out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. Oh, my God. I, I did not see you grab that card anywhere. So thank I know. You. Like, it just came out of nowhere. I love it. Oh, it's always like, wait, how does he have always stuff on his desk that's so relevant? Like, yeah, and he's like, oh, everything I need. I, 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 I give him up. This. <laughs> I have no idea. He's a master. He's clearly a magician. Um, a magician. So it looks like Sony has uh, registered a trademark for Sunset Overdrive, which was the Xbox exclusive from Insomniac Games before Insomniac was bought by PlayStation. And um, to clarify, if I'm not mistaken, Microsoft does owns. I think the. Uh, you know, what? I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to be wrong. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Insomniac actually owns the IP, but the original game has been an Xbox exclusive. So that means that we don't know what's going. That means that we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Just right. leave it at that. That means we don't know. Frankly, what's gonna happen. yeah. Um, also, recently, the Epic versus Apple case continues to be ridiculous as one assumes it would be. Um, finally, we've been getting lots of leaks and information out of this, though, which has been very interesting. So one of the things that came out of this was um, the Epic Game Store free games, just how much they purchased a lot of these uh, titles for and how much the developers get based on those sales. Um, so I did want to talk about this really quick. Like, uh, we had... Um, a couple of games got buyout prices for like $50,000 and then, you know, some got $500,000 and then there's a, a chart of, you know, uh, a, a developer can get 88 cents for every download or 55 cents for every download up to, I think the highest was six or sorry, $12 is the highest amount that developers receive from Celeste when people download it from the free uh, Epic game store. Um, but a lot of people were surprised that when you um, download, what is this? Super meat boy uh, from team meat uh, that game, the, the buyout price was $50,000 and the developers are getting 52 cents every time somebody downloads a game. And 
a lot of people were like, wow, that's nothing. Like, developers are getting, you know, changed based on the amount of work that they've done. Um, but it also brings up a very important uh, conversation, I think, for how these processes work. Obviously, we don't know how Game Pass works, but I thought it was really interesting because when you buy out a game like Super Meat Boy for $50,000, um, how old is Super Meat Boy? Does anybody know how old that game Man, is? Man, I think like 2008. That's just that's just a, a guess. Yeah, it's probably somewhere around there. So I'm going to say like 10, 12 years old. When you buy out yeah. a 10 to 12 year old game for $50,000 uh, and it's now getting an audience on one of the biggest competing game stores aside from Steam, I'm assuming like, what, what do you have? Like just Steam and Epic Game Store on PC, I think? And like Microsoft yeah, Store, I guess. Origin. Yeah, I saw Origin it. Store. Um, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, I think Ubisoft has its own. You could, you could always like, you could put your Ubisoft game library into Steam. Um, I bring it up because uh, the 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 it, it's very interesting to see a game like Super Meat Boy, and then people assume that fifty two cents is not a lot of money um, that developers are getting because their game is now free. But also, um, you have to remember that this is a ten to twelve year old game that people are still now getting for free. So this developer is getting more eyes on this game, and they're still getting money from it. So there's a, really a give and take from from how that works uh did anybody want to comment on any of those games in that list or you know the amount of money that developers are making or learning how that works before i move on how trash google stadia is <laughs> <laughs> kelly i love your eye roll uh, it's not my fault that google stadia keeps coming into fucking it just needs to die it just needs to die. It really does. Oh my god, I should just go get a job for them and run that bitch into the ground so I don't have to hear about it anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna go work for Stadia just to destroy it. Just destroy it from the inside. It. That is so horrible. Like, damn. Okay, so... Is like, it dumb? Uh, yes, um, Google Stadia execs are leaving to join Jade Raymond in her new venture at Haven Studios on the heels of previous departures announced earlier this month, which include, uh, what is his name? The head of product, John of Justice, has left the company as well. So I don't know what the fuck is going on at Google Stadia, but it looks like everybody is just jumping ship and starting. I wonder own why. Do you guys think there's any way to salvage Google Stadia at this point, or should everyone just like? Yeah. No, like so I, I, I don't personally think so. Like I, I've said it many times. I think it's a, it's an, it's a, it's a good concept. It just came out too soon and it was handled too badly. So once, once your, if your foundation isn't steady, then you can't keep the building going. Like if some, like I wouldn't be opposed if, like maybe in a decade or so, maybe even less, if someone tries something like this again, it's just that we're not ready for it, and it's just. It needs to be someone that's not we need. It needs to be a company that's not Google because they don't get it as well. Isn't Xbox doing anything. it though? No, it's Google. Is it, isn't that's no, yeah, but isn't Xbox doing their? Isn't Xbox doing the cloud service thing? Yeah, yeah, they they have Project X Cloud. I I think yeah. I think Microsoft is in the best position to do this type of thing currently. I think yes, that I agree. The, I think the biggest problem with Google Stadia is that it's a bad business model. Right, they have a service that could work the way that they're marketing it and the way that you pay for it and the way that it functions is I think archaic old business in video games and not forward thinking. What would you suggest they change? Well, so like with Google Stadia first, when they launched it, it was like a very incomplete thing. Like it should have launched in like some sort of free beta thing where you could just 
do it. And if you wanted to pair it with any controller, sure. If you wanted to buy the Google Stadia controller, great, give Google your money. But like you paid for a service that you then had to also buy games on. And it's just, I don't know. It Whereas like the same thing with Project xCloud, I can play my Xbox games on my phone, on my computer, on my tablet, wherever I want, but it's all in my already in my Xbox ecosystem. Whereas Google, it's like a separate thing. Mm-hmm. But their whole point is, I, I, just to argue your point for a second, their whole point is that you can play this anywhere. You can essentially just boot up your PC, open up Google Chrome, and play your game no matter where you are. Yeah, and, and I guess the thing that's very unfortunate about it is that there's not a lot of games on there. It doesn't have, like, it doesn't get every game that Xbox and PlayStation get and Switch gets. Like, it's a very limited library it's a, I believe, a monthly. I think you have to pay for it monthly. Yes. Unless you bought the Founders Edition and you like paid for a year or something, but I don't know. I just think it's a very, it's not, it, it, the business side of it wasn't handled properly. I think Google has the money and the infrastructure to do the right thing. I mean, they're a humongous company. I just think they didn't do it right. Okay. Right. Interesting. Fair enough. Thank you. <laughs> I just thought because when you said it's a, it, it's an archaic model, I was like, like I, I guess I didn't understand what they could have done differently from what they did do, because I feel like it would, uh-huh, go ahead. I, I just think like, I mean, if they, if the way that they're with being, especially with being a very limited library of games, if it was just, you paid for Google Stadia and you get, you know, Google Stadia and it was like Game Pass and it just had games attached to it, that would have, I think, worked much better, especially because they were paying, uh, like Ubisoft, they paid like a lot of money for Assassin's Creed and I don't know if Watch Dogs is also there, but they were paying a lot of money to developers to put their games on Stadia. And like the developers took advantage of it because they were like, Google doesn't know what they're doing. And they're paying us a bunch of money for us to put this over here. So I don't know. I just feel like it was very, oh, go ahead. For consumers, how is that any different from buying an Xbox and then buying games for it? Uh, I mean, well, an Xbox, you have the option to do it with everything. Because you, if you, if I buy one game on my Xbox, I can play it on my Xbox. I can stream it elsewhere. I have the ability to play it everywhere. Whereas with Stadia, you're locked into the Stadia platform. It's also streaming. So if you don't have great, you know, internet service where you are, you potentially can't even play your game. Okay. Okay. I, I think. I, I think. I think. I think the point he's trying to make. Is that with Stadia, you have to use their platform and you have to stream. Whereas Xbox, the X Cloud attachment it's is built an into option. everything else. Yeah, and it's an option. Like even if you but can't, even if your internet is tra- PlayStation, and then playing PlayStation games only on your PlayStation. Yeah, but PlayStation doesn't have this service though. Correct. It's like a PlayStation. The benefit of that is its uh, exclusives and that that system. Whereas Xbox, its whole thing is like the system. Plus the potential of the X Cloud and the service, if if you want to use it, but the whole and Game Pass and stuff like that. Stadia is to be able to play these games without needing to purchase those external hardware. Like that, this is an easier way to play these big games without having to. Oh God, he's he's. If it works, I just want to know, like the Stadia library. I would be shocked if there was more than a hundred games available on Stadia. That's part of the problem. It's just, it's like okay, a, see, that it doesn't work. Yeah. If, yeah. If you're saying that it's because of the library, fine. Like I can agree with that. Sure. Yeah. But I think to just say that the model is wrong when it kind of is almost, it's almost the same model, I think, as, because if you're going to get an Xbox and you want to play your games anywhere, xCloud is not free. 
if I'm not mistaken, I think right now it's in beta, so you might be able to do it for free. But if, I, and I could be wrong, so please correct me if I am, but I'm pretty sure XCloud, XCloud is not going to be a free service. Like you, It's part of Game Pass Ultimate. So then you would still have to pay $15 a month to be able to play games anywhere. And then if yeah. your game is not in Game Pass, you still have to go buy that game to do the same thing. Correct? Yes, and but it's tied if, to your. But it would be tied to your micro, like your Microsoft account. So it would be all of your games. It wouldn't just be Game Pass and. Yeah, so so I I do get that the library is the issue here, but I I just I I think that like the the services are very similar. So I don't see that blaming this the way the service works. I don't see the way the service works as the problem, uh, because I think that it's very similar to something like Game Pass. Now, I do think that uh, internet infrastructure and the library, yes, that I do agree with you on. But I, I still think that it's literally almost the same thing. Like, you're paying a monthly fee yeah. to access this, and then you still have to, in some cases, buy the game. I had to pay for Yakuza Like a Dragon. I still have Game Pass. If I want to play it somewhere, sure, I can load it up, you know, on whatever device I want. If it were on Google Stadia, it would be the same thing. I could load it up on whatever device that I want that has Google Chrome or or my phone. Um, I could literally play it on my iPhone, you know? Like, it's, to me, it's very similar, so I, I don't necessarily blame that part, but I do agree with you that it's yeah. internet infrastructure and library. Um, did you... That, you good? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like I just talked about Stadia for far too long and nobody actually cares. Uh, so, anyway, um, very interesting. Another thing that came out of this uh, Apple versus uh, Epic Games situation is that we found out that Epic's boss says that Sony charges publishers a cross-play fee, which one of the reasons I find this so interesting is because the, the, the whole point of this lawsuit was that... Uh, uh, Epic Games didn't want Apple taking their percentage of money from Fortnite, right? Like, that was their whole, like, we don't want them to do this. And then come to find out that they're literally paying Sony just for crossplay. So not only are you paying them for crossplay, but they're also getting their percentage out of everything that Fortnite does. So I thought that that was very ironic um, of a situation. But I also didn't know that, you know... So uh, Epic was paying Sony for crossplay. How do you guys feel about finding out that uh, Sony is the only company that's charging for crossplay, whereas you know Xbox is like and Nintendo apparently are not doing the same? I didn't know that, but it also doesn't surprise me considering how resistant Sony was to crossplay in the first place in the past. So <laughs> if their if their workaround was just like, all right, fine, we'll do crossplay, but y'all gotta pay us, and then <laughs> so and, and then. And then, and then, and then it puts the blame on the publisher, on the the publishers making the game at that point. Um, even though it's Sony's fault, but it puts the blame on them because, like, if the, if a publisher can't afford whatever the crossplay fee this may end up being, if they don't think the benefit to it would would outweigh the cost of the crossplay, then they won't do it. And then people look at them and like, "Why didn't you put crossplay in your games?" I think it's very good that this information came out. Because it puts a little more awareness on that. I don't know if Sony's doing this crossplay fee with every game that is crossplay. I mean, I would assume so, but I, again, this is new information to me that there wasn't even a fee involved. I thought Sony was just finally like, ah, oh, fine. And now I find out that there was this condition to them being, ah, oh, fine. I think what annoys me the most about this is that 
they took the Apple situation, Epic took the Apple situation, and, like, mm-hmm. turned everyone against Apple with this whole free Fortnite hashtag, and they were like, Apple's the big bad guy, like, they don't want you guys to have their thing, their game on your iPhones, even though Epic's the reason that the game got pulled off of iPhones. And then when it comes to Sony, they're just like, no, yeah, we'll pay you. It's fine. Like, we want our friends to play together. And they totally could have spun this in the same way that they did with um, with Apple, right? Because people were really upset about PlayStation not allowing crossplay. So you already have the gaming community low-key a little bit against PlayStation for not allowing this. So it could have easily just been the same, spin the story, make PlayStation the bad guy, and see if Sean Layden's gonna, because it was Sean Layden at the time, see if Sean Layden's gonna, you know, um, decide that, yeah, we should probably let this happen instead it was like go after big monopoly of uh mobiles apple because we don't want to pay them and then but we're gonna go back and pay playstation so that everyone can play together i'm like you know it's very uh strategic uh and i just thought that was very interesting to your point because they could have easily just turned this around on playstation um and instead they did it but they did it to apple so yeah interesting Um, so, uh, anybody else want to jump in on that one? Nope. All right. Let's move along. I was just like, holy fuck. I, if I were Sony, yes, pay us. Pay us all the money. <laughs> like, you want you want your friends to play with your little Nintendo pieces of shit and your little Xbox assholes? Pay us. And they did. Um, so, we also found out that uh, over at IGN, testifying during the same Epic versus Apple case, Xbox Vice President Lori Wright confirmed that Microsoft has never earned a profit on the sale of an Xbox console, <laughs> instead making up the loss with game sales and services. Another, uh, you know, another one that was, I was shocked. It makes sense yeah. to me, but I was also like, y'all ain't making shit on all these Xboxes. Like, you're mm-hmm. selling that few like the production costs is that much that you're not making you're not turning any type of profit off of all of these xboxes that you're selling and like well you know playstation is you know selling way more ps5s apparently than the xbox series x is so i guess it's not too surprising um was anyone surprised by this news not surprised how do you feel about knowing that they're making they're not turning a profit from selling xboxes no it's not a surprise to me at all this i don't think in re- recent Microsoft years, console sales was not really their main focus in uh, Final Fantasy. I think it was mostly just the uh, platformer sales and the sales of like the Game Pass and stuff like that. You know, I, I think this is just a testament as to why they are pushing Game Pass so much, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not making money off selling the hardware, so go buy Game Pass. It's very convenient. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't surprising to me because you can play almost every single Xbox game on a PC. So and PC, yes. Yeah, so why would you go out and buy a new console if your PC can run it? I thought they were making if your PC something. Can run it. Like damn. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I would like like obviously like I read it and I was like, did I read that right? Am I yeah, did I, I like, get hit over the head? And I read it again and I'm like, that's a little surprising. Because I, I mean because like I mean they kind of do pump out Consoles a lot, like you know the X, the Xbox, Xbox One, Xbox. I can't even say all the names because I get confused all the time. So like, I I thought you know there'd be like, thought they'd make something back from that, but I guess fucking not. It also makes sense as to why they can com- so competitively price the Xbox Series S at the same price as the Nintendo Switch because like 
Doesn't even fucking matter. I mean, they never actually <laughs> make the money back, so like, <laughs> fuck that like, shit. You might as well just, just buy get it game. into people's hands just so they can join Game Pass at that point. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. exactly. Super cheap, and then have them join Game Pass on it. Like, like what? Whatever. I guess if it works, it works. It's works. I guess. Still surprising. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I actually love how much insider information we're getting, uh, um, based on you know sales and hardware and uh, purchasing companies and stuff Sleep. out of this this. Um, case which is very interesting because this was not the point of the case like the, mm-hmm. the whole point of this was not to give a consumers this much information as to what's happening so that that's yeah. very interesting uh two more things and then a lovely little um uh, star wars game so uh sony is being sued by consumers for restricting the sale of digital playstation games to its own store uh, and it says Sony's monopoly allows it to charge super super competitive prices for digital PlayStation games, which are significantly higher than their physical counterparts sold in a competitive retail market, and significantly higher than they would be in a competitive retail market for digital games. Um, people end up paying as much as 175% more for downloadable games than the same ones on disc, according to the lawsuit. This is also interesting to me because this is essentially the same thing that Epic was suing uh, Apple for, which is just like, you can only play Apple games through um, the Apple Store uh, on your Apple iPhone, and that's not fair. And now Sony is apparently being sued because they're only selling their, their games through the PlayStation Store. But like, also... I don't get lawsuits like this because if I was Sony, yes, I'm selling my games through my store because yes, I want to make money. Like that's the whole point of the practice. So I, I don't understand lawsuits like the Epic one. And I don't understand lawsuits like this one. Does anybody want to weigh in on that? I don't get it at all. Yeah. <laughs> like I read the title. I was like, what does that mean? Like I, I, what I do understand is, you know, markup pricing. Like I do understand charging someone, you know, up to 135% more for a digital title when you can go buy it at GameStop for like super cheap. That I get. But being upset at Sony for selling their PlayStation games on PlayStation exclusively is kind of like, I would also sell my exclusive PlayStation games exclusively on my exclusive store because it's my fucking game. Like, I don't Wait, understand. so, because so, I still don't get it. So, like, the lawsuits over, like, say, PlayStation selling um, Horizon Zero Dawn only, like, the digital version only on, on their PSN store, store over... Yes. Okay, also, so it's like, just it's the PlayStation exclusive exclusives? So, like, uh, it's just about the exclusives. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming, yes. So but but the whole point is that? the fact that they are allowed to essentially price it um, in a way that consumers are paying more than they would if they were able to buy it at a competitive store. Okay, so like, say, uh, okay, I think I get it a little bit more. I'll ask more questions after the podcast. Cause okay. Gears is still turning a little bit. <laughs> okay, well, finally, um, Pokemon Masters Journeys, the series. Brandon, you want to tell, tell us about that? I'll keep it brief because I know we're, we're really long. Basically, Pokemon Journeys has been like the latest season on Netflix. It's in four parts now, 12 episodes each, so that makes 48 episodes in total for the first part of Journeys. All it is is that, like, the next part of Journeys is coming out on Netflix this summer. I'm excited for it. That's the only reason I posted it in the news lead. And that's it. Like, if you, like, I highly recommend it. Like, if you even have, like, a passing interest in Pokemon, you can watch Journeys. It's a very good time. And that's all. I'll keep it, I'll keep it brief. All right. Uh, so before we do our lovely little Star Wars trivia, is there anything that I missed? Anything that you guys want to talk about? I did want is going back to the the Fortnite versus Apple, for, yeah, Fortnite versus Apple thing. Um, you mentioned like, you know, you're surprised that we're getting so much 
uh, consumer information about all these other places. I think one of the more interesting things, and this is just me like being like a little fanboy, like, ooh, cool, I didn't know they do that, is, um, uh, is, the companies, you know, discussing other companies. Like, you know, there was that thing of Xbox. Um, you know, there's people in the Xbox. They thought Breath of the Wild 2, Metroid 4, and other big name Nintendo games were going to come out in 2020, um, from October to December. Um, I also saw uh, something cool that I thought was a uh, internally Xbox reviewed. I mean, Ma- uh, Microsoft reviewed The Last of Us 2. And I, to me, that's like, no, to <laughs> me, I, I found that really cool. It's like, this is like, oh, like, you know, it's like, Crossover episode, yeah, <laughs> yes. pretty much. Like I picture them, like you know, sneaking a Nintendo Switch or sneaking a, a PlayStation into their office and like connecting it. Everyone gathers around and like they're like, "Ooh, wow!" Like, yeah. oh, this sucks. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it is, and I mean, you have to, right? Like, you you got to see what the competition. Yeah, is, like exactly. And exactly. I, I don't know what did Xbox have anything during the launch of Horizon because I know it came out with some other game, but I can't remember. It came out around the same time as another game. But I don't know if um, Xbox had anything at the time. I'm not sure. When the first Horizon came out? Yeah. Uh... Or was it PlayStation against PlayStation? Did they have another game out? Somebody had another game out around Horizon. Zelda came Wild. out like a week ah, later. Ah, it was Breath of the Wild. It was Nintendo. Okay. Yeah. I, was yeah. like, I knew there was some type of like competition. Should... Well, then, yeah, that's why Xbox had so much time to play both, because they weren't making games. <laughs> so they were just like, let's see what the competition's doing. That was also a joke. I like my Xbox. Don't come for me. Um, and finally, let's do some Star Wars trivia. Tell us all about it, Brandon. Yes, of course. So, of course, uh, as of this recording, May the 4th was like two days ago. Games already getting prepared, I see. <laughs> So because it is basically Star Wars week going on here, I made up uh, five little trivia questions. They're all multiple choice, four answers apiece. And uh, there'll be five about the, strictly the movie. So I'm not covering novels, comics, uh, the animated series. It's strictly the nine movies that I have listed here. Um, I will have a bonus question about Mandalorian that will come at the end. So what I'm going to be doing is, yeah, there'll be five questions of... um. Increasing difficulty, starting from easy, normal, hard, very hard, and then an intense question at the very end. Um, I have, again, going to answer the question. I'm going to give each of the four a chance to answer. Um, Jarrell, well, Jarrell, I'll ask. If you if you want to answer, Jarrell, you let me know. I will I'll do my other. best. Okay. If, if You don't have to if you don't want to, but I will definitely ask the other three the question, and you can each answer, and then basically whoever got it right, yay. <laughs> and, let me, and let me read all the four choices before you blurt out the answer as well. Oh, it's multiple choice? It is multiple choice. Oh, let's go. That's cool. All right, they're all in. I have to actually answer. All right, so starting with the easy question. Again, let me say all choices before uh, anyone answers. So, and I'll go one by one. So the first one, easy question. Who is Luke Skywalker's father? Was it A, Owen Lars? Was it B, Ben Kenobi? Was it C, Darth Vader? Or was it D, Emperor Palpatine? Gabe, you first. It was Daddy Vader. Drill. It's the guy who says, I am your father. Awesome. <laughs> uh, James Earl Jones. Oh, that's who it Kelly. is. He's right. It's Anakin. I mean, the real answer is Anakin Skywalker, but yes. we won't get into, you know, some answers. Yeah. So you are all correct. It is Darth Vader, a.k.a. Anakin Skywalker, a.k.a. Wait. James Earl Jones, a.k.a. It came out in the 70s, Jarrell. If you haven't seen it, for, for Get, watch it. Going branded. Um, 
So yes. there was actually, I think I told the story, there was about two or three years ago, um, my cousin actually ruined Star Wars for somebody because he mentioned that Anakin Skywalker was Darth Vader and she went in a, like, she went in a frenzy and he was like, are you serious? Oh, the no. movie came out okay. years and years ago. And so before defense, I didn't know Anakin Skywalker was under that thing. I didn't know who James I mean, that's, was. A, that, well, I mean, in your uh, defense, you also had like Star him? Wars ruined for I you did. I did. as a kid. Anakin, yeah. it's Anakin. We're all right. Yes. That was you, easy. You, everyone was here is correct. Yes, that was easy. It's so now we move on to the normal question. So, normal question. Where did Luke and Anakin Skywalker spend their early childhood? As in uh, ages one to eight, basically. Was it A, Naboo, B, Tatooine, C, Coruscant, or D, Jakku? Kelly, hey, you the- okay, me? Yes, Wait, it's ta- it's Tatooine, but <laughs> I wanted to make Durrell go first. Yes, uh, it's Durrell. I, I, I will let him. I will, okay, I will let him go first in the uh, forward question. I, I think that that would be the answer is Tatooine. Brendan, it's Tatooine. Tatooine. You're all correct. It is I, indeed Tatooine. If it makes you feel better, Kelly, I was gonna guess that one because I like the name. Okay. So, okay. Or tattoo right. in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why I was like, sounds like tattoo. Let's go with that one. <laughs> All right, here's the hard question. Finn was formerly a First Order Stormtrooper. What was his number designation as a Stormtrooper? Oh, come on, oh, I know God, this one. It. It's literally the black guy. I know this one. I know. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> no, the game goes no, first, he doesn't know. No, the, 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 the most of choice, like, what, what was his number? So was it A, FN789, B, FN2187, C, TR8R, D, FN four two one. Brendan, you get the first one for this one. Uh I think it's B. FN two one eight seven? Jarrell, what do you think? It's B. Kelly? FN two one eight seven. Gabe. What was choice A again? <laughs> A was FN seven eight nine. What was D? <laughs> D was FN four two one. It's two one eight seven. It's the, I know about it's the B. black guy. It's Let's B. Go. It's B. Like, I know that one. <laughs> Hey, you guys make a great team because you are absolutely right. It is 2187. Fun fact, those other numbers, um, 289, I just made it up because it was like episode 789. 421 uh, is reference to another Stormtrooper, TK421. And TR8R is the fan name everyone gave to that clone trooper. It was like, traitor! That's all. That's funny. TR8R? Yeah. It was like, traitor. That's even his real name. Everyone called him that. I have no idea what movie that is, but that's a good name. Traitor. All right. So here's the fourth no. question. This is the very hard one. All right, let's go. All right. Who was the very first person to say, I have a bad feeling about this in A New Hope? Was it A, Luke Skywalker, B, Han Solo, C, C-3PO, or D, Princess Leia Organa? Jarrell first. Who, sa- who said it first? C-3PO said it first? Yeah, okay, sure. Kelly, who said it? Who said it first? Said it first? Yes, in that movie. Is it? Okay. Is it the sentiment of that, or is it that exact quote? I have a bad feeling about this, the exact quote. I think it's Han. You say Han. Brendan, who said it first? I think it's Leia. Oh, God. Gabe, who said it first? (laughs) I'm Solo. You are all incorrect. The The answer was Luke Skywalker said it first. But I will say Han Solo did say it in the movie, but he was the second one to say it in that same movie. Wow. Luke Skywalker was the one that said it first. I have a very bad yeah, feeling. Man, fuck Luke Skywalker. I have a bad feeling. <laughs> I mean, facts. Like, Luke who? Isn't he the fucking crybaby? 
the whole movie. No. He, cry, he, he, he cries so in the he cries in the first movie he appears. Yes, well, not literally cries, but he's a crybaby. Anyway, Sorry, finally, fans. the the uh, like, he's a crybaby, but like he literally saw like his aunt and uncle like die, okay, and he saw die, like their. I'm like, yeah, but then he just like gets over it, and he's like the. F- I'm not gonna lie, movies five and six, he was like a complete badass. Like, yeah, he was. I, Only I the fourth, the first one that he was kind of. But even in the fourth one, though, I, I don't think I'd able him a crybaby. All right, well, I'll oh, every movies, every solo is a crybaby. I'm sorry. Thank They're you. Yeah, I agree. Thanks. I'm sorry, oh, not solo. Every Skywalker, I apologize. Oh, oh, you're yeah, not wrong. Yes. You're not wrong. Yeah, Even Anakin Skywalker is my favorite character. <laughs> I don't like sand. Of course, it gets her. Anyway, all right. Finally, the intense question. So here we go. What is the name of the song that serves as the overall main theme of Attack of the Clones? Was it A? Oh, what's up? What was? What oh, never mind. Okay. What was it? A. Across the Stars. B. Binary Sunset. C. Canto Bite. Or D. Battle of the Heroes. Drill you first. Okay. Well, it's not C or D. What were the first two? Uh, the first two was A across the stars and B binary sunset. Um, uh, binary sunset. Okay, uh, Gabe, you go next. A uh, across the stars. Uh, Kelly, go with A across the stars. Brendan, what is it? What was the question again? <laughs> the question was, what is the name of the song that serves as the main theme of Attack of the Clones? And the choices were A across the stars. B, Binary Sunset, C, Canto Bite, or D, Battle of the Heroes? I don't know. I'll go with A. You go across stars? So yeah. everyone that said across the stars was correct. That is the main Aww. theme of Attack of the Clones. Where, uh, Brandon, where's where's uh, Canto Bite from? Canto Bite is, that's the name of the planet that um, Finn and uh, Rose went to in uh, Last okay. Jedi. And the song where they were while they were in Canto Bite was literally called Canto Bite. Okay. And Binary Sunset is literally when Luke is looking at the two sunsets in uh, New I Hope. Figured. I figured. Yeah. And Battle of the Heroes is when Obi-Wan and Anakin scrap in Revenge of the Sith. I just like that scrap. it's a binary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally just went off of the name. I have no idea. Was that the last question? Oh, now, that, was the, that was the last of the yeah. five questions. Now I we have the bonus question for the Mandalorian. So let's do this. So what is the Mandalorian's real name? Was it A, Pre Vizsla, B, Jaster Mario, C, Candorus Ordo, or D, Din Djarin? Uh, Brendan, you first. What was the Mando's real name? B. Jaster Mario? Okay. Uh, Kelly, what was uh, Mando's real name? I haven't seen it. B. <laughs> Jaster Mario? Okay. Hey, Gabe, what was uh, Mando's real name? It was D. Dinjaro. Okay, Jarrell, what was uh, uh, Mando's real name? <laughs> Give me all the options again. A. Bree Vizsla. B. Nah. Justin Mario. Nah. C. Candorus Ordo. Nah. Or D. Dinjarin. Damn, none of them. Uh, is this a trick question? Or is that is the answer one of those? <laughs> e. Obi-Wan. I am, I am not answering if it's a trick question. Not. Just uh, <laughs> see, now I feel like it's a trick question. And I, I'm going to go with none. It's gonna be one of the four. Okay. Well, like, uh, th- th- can you say them one more time? <laughs> Sorry. Of course. A. Pre Vizsla. B. Justin Mario. C. Candorus Ordo. Or D. Din Djarin. Did somebody pick B? 
Uh, yeah. Both Kelly and Brandon said it was B, Justin Muriel. What Don't Gabe follow and Gabe, and Gabe <laughs> said I have Gabe not Gabe. seen The Mandalorian, so do not. D, Dinjaro. Is what Dinjaro is, is what Gabe said. I go with Gabe C. Said, Gabe said it pretty confidently. Okay, then Darrell... I go with D. I go with D, Dinjaro. <laughs> okay, the answer was D, Dinjaro. Hey! <laughs> Fun fact, all the, other, all the other choices I gave were actual Mandalorians from Star Wars in different parts of the series. Really? Oh. Dan Jaren is Mando's real name. It's only said once in the series. Like Din and then Jaro. Din Jaren is, is how it's pronounced. It's so confusing. They all sounded like fake names. Like, I didn't know what to choose. They're all real Mandalorian names. They're all, like, not real. <laughs> Technically fake because Star Wars is yeah. fake. Don't yeah. say that. Star Wars is real. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, it happened a long time ago, so... Yeah, you know, I don't know. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. And thank you guys. You are you're a great you're a great audience. That was a lot of fun. I got one this. right about <laughs> Finn. I'm proud of that. Um, you yes. know, I did not let my Star Wars trivia down. I feel like I did pretty decent. Uh, thank you, Kelly, Brandon, and Gabe for another great podcast. Thank you, Brendan, for coming onto the podcast with us. Um, really quick, can you please plug yourself? Where can people find you? Sure. Uh, if you want to follow me and my ramblings about cats and video games, you can find me at B-E-G-R-O-O-M on Twitter. And if you want to follow Past the Controller stuff, you can follow at Past Controller or look for Past the Controller podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you also have an Instagram as well, right? Uh, for Past the, for Past Controller, yeah, it's at Past Controller everywhere. Yeah, Twitch, um, Instagram, Twitter, perfect. everywhere. Perfect. And um, he does play. I don't know if you still play a lot of Overwatch. Do you still do um, Overwatch? We still. I Overwatch never leaves. Overwatch is always oh, okay. a part of me. <laughs> okay, okay, I love it. Uh, so thank you so much once again for coming. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Great conversation. I'm sorry it lasted for so sure. long. We had a lot to talk about, but uh, it's been. It a was a big war, uh, news week for sure. Yeah, we got the rest of it. Uh, and with that, yeah. thank you, everyone. Um, you will be able to find everything about Brendan in the article and uh, show notes that come out on this podcast. Once again, thank you so much, Brendan, for joining us. And good night, everybody. Good night. Force be with you. Cool.